Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 271. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me. We are here at the Casa de Cold Coffee, but let me just say, ain't nothing cold about it. <laughs> it is hot. It's 106 degrees it's outside, man. It is. We are kicking into Vegas summer, man. There is no question about it. Uh, as much as we like to brag about this town of ours, and we do enjoy it, uh, it does get incredibly hot in the summer, and uh, yeah, 106 was the high today, and, and I've, I've been feeling that. I think it got it. higher. It's shown me right now that it's 107. 107. Oh my gosh, so we even got higher than it, the high. It must have. It must have. It is not normally this hot. It doesn't feel like it. Not in June. Like normally we. It at doesn't. Least but Grant, I've been going outside July. for a little bit, little little moments. <laughs> so I, I mean, that's the that's the key. It can get hot unless you have. Some silly reason to be running around during the daylight. No, you just don't go outside. Just don't go outside, and you don't notice it as much. That's the whole key. People ask, "How do you survive when it's so hot?" I'm like, "Don't go outside." Air conditioning. Yeah, man, you don't go cool. outside. Uh, but yeah, no. We um, actually, me and Morgan just sat outside for a little bit. Uh, had, it was Did time to bit. fill up fill up the pool for a little bit, so we sat outside and uh, decompressed from the work day for just a second. Uh, All the uh, the USC two fifty fight week, we had to. Decompression that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's something about staring at web, uh, Zoom videos for so long. At some point, you just want to. You're like, is my eyes just getting blurry, or, or is it, is it what I'm looking at, or something? But yeah, after a while, just staring at. I mean, I love what we do. I, I love. Uh, I know you always hate to complain. We really do hate to complain. Like yeah. the things that we complain about. I feel like we're just trying to let people know, like the parts of our job that do kind of suck a little bit, yeah. and the parts that are repetitive. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, it's like, shut up, bro. Yeah. Like you cover MMA. Like for today a was interesting. Stop. Yeah. So today by eight a.m., I uh, arrived at the Holiday Inn Express to get my uh, COVID test. Got our COVID test. So that I happened. did mine. Number five for me is my fifth COVID test. So luckily, this was a throat swab, so oh. I didn't didn't get to feel what you got with the whole nose thing. But from that point, it was come back home. Log in to uh, get the computer set up because we had the web stuff that started at 11. Virtual now, media the day. The virtual media day. So normally they'll open up an hour ahead. Uh, so at 10 o'clock is when the window opens up. So if you have any technical issues or whatever, you can connect and you can do that sort of thing. So at that point, even before the 10 o'clock, I'm sitting in this chair. That's right. So by the time uh, just before we just walked outside to sit and, and pound uh, two beers, yep. uh, I've been sitting in this chair practically non-stop so at some point uh regardless of what material that you're working on that you're covering it could be a movie that you're working on that you love and whatever at some point you just hit a you hit a point where you get a little stir crazy yeah it's not it's not like the old days where we would you know at least you know drive down to t-mobile or right. drive down to new york new york and right. you know go set up your gear there and talk to people it's just it's just which wet. makes for a super long day it does make for a long day but it's at least you're engaging with people you're busy, and you're, you're seeing doing it and you're moving yep. around yeah now these virtual media days, and again, it's severe first world problems that we're complaining yeah. <laughs> about right now. But yeah, you literally just sit in front of a computer now, in instead, of, computer of, instead of walking around, setting up, talking to people, doing yeah. all that. So, I mean, there's good parts about it because there's a whole heck of a lot less you have to carry on your back and That's you have true. to set up and other stuff. But one, the quality isn't like what you normally would want to get right. for it that you do it. And two, you just, uh, yeah, you miss the interaction. You know, like, it's cool that now I know on Thursdays, I'm like, hey, Morgan's coming over. Besides that, I'm like, it's me and Agent H all day, every I day. I know. 
Uh-huh. You know, now it's getting to the point that now with the restaurants starting to open up, maybe we can go out and get a place. But I think that's it. Maybe it's just I've officially gone stir crazy a bit. <laughs> I was always been crazy, but now I'm just officially stir well, crazy. Fair. Well, listen, since we are compl- since we're laying our complaints out there real quick, I just want to share with everybody <laughs> how bad my day has been. Uh oh, my day. Oh yeah, t- you've had a day. So I similar as you, I woke up, went and got my COVID nineteen test. Came back to the house, set up to start working. Me and you were, were both working on the virtual media day. We had a nice system going on. We were like, all right, we're set up. We're ready to handle this. And my Wi-Fi crashed at my house, which has crashed twice in the last two weeks or so. It's um, like there's a bunch of people working I was going to say, which, is, which, <laughs> I, which I guess is pretty understandable yeah. given the strain that's on the system or whatever. Um, but, but so it was, it was done. I said, well, okay, I'll connect to my phone. Um, but my, my phone, it, the data is good, but it's not good enough to download these you know, 800 meg files and then process them and upload them again. Yeah. It's not, it slows things down. So I said, you know what? I got to go over to Cold Coffees anyway, do the podcast. You know what? I'll just jump in. I'll go over early, right? Sucked it up, jumped in my car, drove over here. Set up in here, open my computer, get set up, and my computer just crashes. Like yeah. it just won't work. Like I, I've never had problems like it. It just won't open a damn program. So I spent a good sixty to ninety minutes trying to like basically yeah. just every. And it was legit like done. Like I, I used to do tech support, and like there's a moment I even looked at your computer and it just didn't want to do anything. Nothing. It did just not would not work. open Safari. Would not open uh, Chrome. Would not. I mean, just would not open a program. Right. Uh, so I said, "What? God damn! What's going on?" So finally, get it working, and then I can't. After even it show broke up. my network, yeah, yeah then, <laughs> then it broke your network. I can't get on your internet. Your internet goes down over here. You brought the virus over. The virus you came brought with the me. computer coronavirus over. So, I'm, so I'm literally a walking Wi-Fi crash machine. You're a. It's <laughs> uh, terrible. So that happens. And I didn't want to say that. I was like, I was like. My internet's solid. I've never had an issue on a web media huh. day. And literally, when you had your issues, I thought for because you did that little fix, you ran some application, and it, and it cleared up after that. Yeah. But at some point, I was like, I wonder if it did some network check where it did something to reset the network or whatever. But it was just it was just a whole calamity of just like crap that so just, just so it's just nonsense. Powered so, on. so it put <laughs> us behind, and, and luckily, you know, we, we we got to the grind. But so we get to the point where I can take a break to go get a couple frosty beverages, right? I no, mean, no, look, that was a dinner break. Uh, sorry, uh, where I could go pick up some food if you happen to be on the <laughs> MMA Junkie staff, and we're and we're reading our internal Slack messages. If you're not on the MMA Junkie staff, it was a beer run, and we're not retar- not reading our internal Slack messages, I was not getting food. I was going to make a beer run. Um, so I went to go make a beer run, and dude, I'm telling you right now. So I walk in. That's calories again. That's yeah, food. It's sustenance. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah I set up a meal. It works. You know, it's a liquid meal. Uh, as, as you do around the, the Casa de Cold Coffee, I mean, uh, the, the expansive state, once you get outside of the expansive grounds, um, there is a gas station very close, but it's way yeah. overpriced. There's there's a 7-Eleven yeah. here. And the choices are a little choices bit limited. Choices are limited. It's way overpriced. So, no, no, I, but I, you went up to CVS. I went to CVS. But I let me tell, tell you what happened. You know why? Because the gas station doesn't have the they fine. They don't have the award-winning fine award-winning PBR. PBR. But let me tell you what happened. So I walk in. I'm having this bad day, but I'm like, all right. Did you wear your mask? Things are about you. Of course I put my mask on. That's Good what you man. do. man. That's you, what you do. You wear your mask. You wear your mask, folks. So I wore my mask. So I walked in. As I'm walking in, there's this little old lady, like little tiny, like four feet ten kind of like old lady. Did you push her out of the way? She's got, <laughs> no, I didn't push her out of the way. She, but, but I'm, but you I'm took her beer? She's got, a, she's got a case of PBR. Shut up. And I'm like, if this bitch took the last case of PBR... <laughs> 
I was like, because I already would come up and take it. Because I'm already having that kind of day, right? Like I'm having the kind of day where it's already crashed once, it's already wow. crashed twice. And in the CVS, I mean, they don't. It's not. They don't have like a beer cave. You know what I mean? Yeah, They've yeah. got a lot of beer, but they don't have like you know. So I'm like, if this bitch took the last case, you like of PBR, I'm gonna follow her out to her like, car. We're, I'm gonna follow her out to her car. We're gonna have a problem. <laughs> okay, so luckily I went. And there was there were more. A, there was more. There was oh, a, now, okay. Good, now it wasn't the, it wasn't the coldest. I think they nobody's going to report it. you after this. That's right. I did not push the little old lady to the <laughs> curb, but she was in danger. Let me tell you. Um, so, fortunately, so I thought you know what, my day's looking up. I guess it's not as bad as I thought. But then on the way home, oh, no. I was driving away from CVS, and the car literally, as I'm driving down the road, just turned off. Like right. it turned off, and I was about. Halfway between CBS and the expansive grounds of the Casa de Cold Coffee, which is so far, which is just, o- just getting through the gate to the gate itself. Just to the gate. I mean, once you get past through. it, and, and then and then it's not even the gate; it's the second gate. You yeah, know, I'm talking about the, the with the winery. You got to pass the winery, the vineyards. You get it. You know yeah. what I mean? There's all those levels of security oh, to make it here. Crazy. It's up. Um, and so I'm like, my, I'm, I'm, it's it's 108 degrees. I'm yeah. on this patch of asphalt. Fortunately, I turned the car off. And it did turn back on. Were, and were I was you able, able to get drive. off to the side of the road? Yeah, I was. Luckily, I wasn't on uh, Sahara yet. I was on like that little back road or whatever. Oh, okay, that's so good. I was fine. That's good. But uh, but yeah, I was like, dude, my car just died. I'm like, of course my car just died because that's the day I'm having. <laughs> but it started back up. So I guess my, my it's been you a were weird a roving day. tech issue today. Dude, I'm telling you, yeah, everything I touched just stopped working. What else have you touched here? Don't don't touch that. Don't touch the storage. Don't, don't touch any of your new don't, gear. D- yeah, don't touch. Uh, you can touch the pretzels; they can't. They can't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> can't break those. That's crazy, though. I mean, did you see? The, the, like, uh, was there any sort of like? I'm not a car person. I mean, I I think I do okay, but like, was the temperature thing like hot or anything, or just oh, literally right. just looked like a, a technical glitch? I just looked like some kind of. Technical I wonder if glitch. just because I think maybe because the the heat just the spiked heat. up so much that the car was probably just really hot, and they just kind of weirded out or something what's funny because i asked you if it was like a hybrid car or something because i know a lot of those sort of cars do that sort of thing where they shut on and shut off you know and maybe maybe the computer just overworked itself or something or it just had a case of the the mondays or something but maybe it was just it's just one of those days it was the it was the day for the universe to say john you and electronics are not going to have a good day today (sighs) it was just weird because the fact that my network went down after you got here is bizarre because I haven't ever had an issue I know. recording these these my web- car my car has <laughs> never stopped working everything's been It's fine. a new car, right? It's a new car, man. It's it's only got like 10,000 miles on it. So I still got the new car smell. Oh, I'm telling you, man. All right. Uh, well, listen. It's over. The work day is over. <laughs> now we're just sitting down enjoying a, 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 a award-winning pass award ribbon and uh, and talking some MMA. So, uh on the bright side, looking through the good things. Look at that. I mean, on the bright side, I mean, we're, we're the frosty beverages are on ice right now. Yeah, look at, look that. at that. Agent H hit me up. She's like, do you guys want like a little ice chest or something? I said, well, I guess it wouldn't hurt. Gosh. Just to, just to take you behind here. the curtain. A lot of times when, uh, when Mr. Morgan comes over and we start working, we literally just take the case of beer and just open it and set Basically. it right next to us. Yep. But uh, right now, there's some actually sitting in a little ice bucket. I forgot we even had this thing. It just sits up in the uh, up in the cabinet. Well, we'll be using that more often over here, <laughs> sir. <laughs> well, we never have ice. The only reason to have ice is because the, the other day we bought that bottle of whiskey for something, right? It was just a bottle of whiskey, right? 
we never have ice cubes here. <laughs> so you only got this, ice because you had whiskey. Yeah, I well, we had it. whiskey and uh, we had some other little stuff. But yeah, so <laughs> so if you ever see ice cubes like this, we probably have a bottle somewhere around here. I love it. Well, <laughs> might have to tip into that a little bit later. Well, we have to get another one. Though. Oh, <laughs> this <laughs> is gone. the leftover. All right, listen. Uh, good, all Hot right, so we finished that off last week. We talked about the negative things, the bright side. Uh, the band is all back together for USC 250, right? If, That's uh, true. The whole team is working this week. We actually all worked uh, short weeks because we all got a Memorial Day holiday, like a roaming holiday, so we, yeah. we moved that up this week. Anybody that listens knows. That's why we had the extra day this week. That's right. right. We've, been, we've been dealing with uh, furloughs and stuff. Like, like a lot of people in America, our workplaces had to, to deal with that. So, um, But remember, this was originally supposed to be a dual event fight week. So when we when we laid out the quarter, this was supposed to be a UFC and Bellator event on the same uh, Saturday. Yeah. So that's why we're all working this week. Um, but the bright news, uh, you know, in here in Vegas is you and I are both working an event together for the first time in a long time. Uh, yep. As you said, we both got our test done this morning, uh, waiting to get the results back of that. But uh, we, we haven't heard anything, so we're probably good to go. Um, it will be, I'll say this, it will be only me at weigh-ins tomorrow morning yeah. Um, because only one person per outlet is allowed into the weigh-ins. You could come if you wanted to and show up in the well, media tent. Well, she hasn't tent. told me that I'm not inside yet, but I figured I would know by now. Yeah, I think it, it's one person per outlet is what I was told. So you could show up and come to the media tent, but for weigh-ins. Like half a person. For weigh-ins. Oh, how about one and a half per outlet? Yeah, I'm just barely working. I could just walk sideways. They keep it tight, man. They're keeping a tight, tight lid on this. But for fight night... Uh, you and I will both be there, so yeah. it'll be. Uh, so I'm excited for that because that means that I'm allowed to go into the apex this time. Who's going to um, do the interviews if you're inside? You will, sir. You will be <laughs> handling the interviews. You, boo, and uh, hot tea. <laughs> hot tea will be handling. Hot tea, and maybe Jose. Uh, yeah, Jose Young's I imagine will be here You're from MMA Fighting. Hot tea, of course, the Oscar Willis from the Mac Life that always helps <laughs> us out. Part of the team now at this point, basically. Uh, but He's I'll be inside the, the apex, so I'm, I'm excited because uh, I didn't get to do that the first night. Uh, so I'm kind of excited to see, um, to, to experience the atmosphere firsthand. I mean, obviously yeah. I got to experience it all in Jacksonville, uh, and I've been inside the Apex, but I haven't done the UFC experience inside the Apex. So I don't know, I'm kind of excited to to do that, and I'm happy that that uh, that we both get to work an event together. Yeah, it should be interesting sitting in another tent in in the heat. It's no, they got the. Well, I will say this: they got the air conditioning fixed. Did they it get was, that fixed? It was it was completely pleasant. Yeah, because okay, the that's first good, day I heard I heard oh, it was bad. The first day last week was funny. Um, we got there the next morning for weigh-ins, and uh, and yeah, I was actually inside the apex, so I didn't have to experience it, thankfully. Yeah. But the people that were out in the tent said like the AC wasn't working; it was miserable. Yeah. It was a hundred degrees outside. And those are the suckers that like to dress up when they go to those oh, things. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. at least I guess maybe most of them do it on fight night. Like some of the people come all suited up, sure. and you know, I'm suckers. I don't I don't do the suit thing. Nah. I mean, unless it's a wedding or a funeral, <laughs> I don't really suit up well. Uh, I don't even really own any like like plethora of suits you know like proper adults at this age should probably have like at least four or five good suits that you can maybe switch around for occasions i've built myself up to three now see that's good you're on your way i think i have maybe one only for the broadcasting work for the broadcasting work that makes that makes sense i mean like you figure for most of the work we do i mean just dirty and and sweaty oh well that's 42 years old my mom bought one of them for me so (laughs) (laughs) that tells you how much i like wonderful mom was like john 
I'm tired of seeing you wear the same suit. I'm going to buy you one. I was like, you don't have to do that. She's like, ah, I like watching you work, but you need another suit. She's like, I'm buying it. She's like, but you have to buy the colors that I tell you. I'm like, Mom, if you're going to buy me a suit, I'll buy whatever I'll buy colors whatever. I tell you. That's awesome. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, it's funny. Moms will never stop momming you, and there's a, there's a great thing about that. I mean, like when I just recently did the surgery, my mom came and totally mommed me, and it was the best. And uh, recently, uh, my birthday is coming up next uh, – actually, this month now that we're into June – and uh, I had been dropping hints about how I was going to get like a freezer, and my mom now is just like, you know, maybe for your birthday I'll get, you, I'll help you get that freezer or like another fridge. And I'm just like thinking about, I'm like that's expensive. I'm like no, mom, it's good. But then I start thinking, I'm like, well, if you really want to, I, mean, <laughs> I feel bad, but uh... I'm like if you really want to, I'm like moms, you do your thing. So yeah, you gotta love moms, man. But yeah, I mean. It, it'd be funny if my mom ever suggested that I needed to get a suit. I'd probably be like, "All right, what's what's going on? Who's dying? <laughs> Who's dying, or who's getting married again?" They'll get you the suit first, and then they'll break the news of the funeral you're going to. <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, oh, terrible. oh well, I should be better about that. I should adult more. And I know there's, a, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that will probably laugh at that. But when you look at me and John, do we look like the the, the fashionistas? Probably not. No. Probably. Not when, uh, not when PBR is our regular that's, that's, go-to. That's my fashion right there. That's my fashion. All right, let's talk about UFC 250. Speaking of the COVID-19 test, kind of developing as we're sitting there talking about it. Um, earlier it was reported today, and, and our man Nolan King has been all over the story all day, um, that one of Ian Heinish's cornermen tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, and Ian Heinish was subsequently kind of basically temporarily removed from the card. A replacement was found in Anthony Ivey to face Gerald Mearshart. Um, but it looks like a subsequent tw- test was done. Basically, everybody was isolated. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm telling you, between the UFC and Nevada, it's it's much stricter than it was in Florida. You know, they, yep. as as they said, hey, we learned here, and we're you know we're going to make it better. Um, it's definitely much more stricter here. There's a lot less movement um, than, than I saw in Florida. But they've been self isolated. They did another test, and it found it found out the second test subsequently came back negative. So it looks for the, like for this corner person. That's right. So it looks like as we're as we're sitting here right now. Um, now again, things may change overnight. We, we record this on Thursday yep. night, the way we always do. There could be surprises Friday morning. But as of now, it looks like Ian Heinish is back on the card. Uh, and, and everything's okay, and his cornerman actually tested negative a second time. I imagine they'll probably keep testing them all the way up to it. Um, so yeah, so interesting. I mean, they're they're definitely uh, you know keeping on top of this stuff. And unfortunately, um, you know, we haven't had any positive tests since Jacare Souza. It looked like we were going to have one this weekend, um, but as of now, it looks like that was a false positive. So it looks like the entire card is going to be held together. We'd heard rumors of kind of backup plans in place and fighters being on standby just in case things do happen. Um, but it looks like we're going to go ahead and, and, uh, and have the full card. And I got to say, um, I, I like this card. I, I like USC. I do not think USC 250 is going to do very good pay-per-view-wise. And yeah, I, I, I don't care. That's not really my, that's not my job, you know, yeah. to care if, if the UFC's pay-per-view sales do good. I don't think this one is going to perform very good. That said... I like it. I like the card. I, you know, um, and, we'll, and we'll kind of break down the fights here in a little bit and talk about it more specifically. But just looking at the card as a whole, Amanda Nunes versus Felicia Spencer. You know, a title fight in the main event. Yep. Um, it's I, I get it. Felicia Spencer to most people is is relatively unknown, uh, and Amanda Nunes is the goat. It's sometimes you reach that level of domination where people don't even feel like it's going to be a contest, so why are they yeah. really excited by it? You know, and unless you carry that Mike Tyson aura of, you know, how long are, can a person last, you know, then, then it's not there. Do you think it got that way with Cyborg at the end? 
where people were less interested in their fights because they just assumed. I think so. I think, think so? I definitely think so. I think people were less interested in tuning in because she did have the. I mean, she did at least have a little bit of that Tyson esque. Yeah. Um, where you're like, oh, she certainly had it. Yeah, she but, certainly had it. But at the same time, I do feel like people were just like, I don't even care. Like, who is yeah. who is this chump that she's facing? Yeah. You know, that's but, true. I just, I guess, I'm just wondering. I'm wondering if I ever felt that myself, or if I was. I know I was always excited to see Cyborg fight because you just. You just wanted to see domination. Right. But I guess I could see where maybe the casuals, but even casuals, but the even, other they thing too. Know, well, here's the other thing, too, about, about Cyborg is that for most of Cyborg's career, you weren't being asked to pay 60 bucks for it. That's true. You know what That's I'm saying? Good point. So, are, good you, point. are you willing to just flip on the TV to see some girl kick this other girl's ass? Because you know, you know, sure. Are you going to pay sixty bucks for it? That's a whole different level of commitment. That's true. You know what I mean? That's true. So I think that's there. But when I look at this card as a whole, um, I'm intrigued by it, man. Especially the bantamweight division. I mean, you talk about three big fights in the bantamweight division. We're going to really get some clarity there. Which the bantamweight division is so exciting right now, um, and now it's wide open because. You know, no disrespect to Henry Cejudo, but I, we understood his mo, right? He was picking the the biggest names that he could, not necessarily the most yep. dangerous contenders, the biggest names. And I don't blame him for that. He wants to put those skins in the wall and say, yep. "I beat that legend and that legend, that legend." You know, and, and if Henry Cejudo beats Corey Sanhagen, for instance, I mean, us, we would be like, "Wow, that's impressive." But you know, the average person isn't gonna, you know, okay, yep. whatever. But if you beat Jose Aldo, if you beat, uh, you know, Frankie Edgar, if you beat, you know what I mean? Like now, those those are big. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited about it right now. I'm excited about where where things stand. And and I think this card, even when you go down to the prelims, there's some there's some fun fights on here. So overall, you know, I I think it's easy to just say, well, I'm not really keyed up for this weekend. Um, it's not that good. And I get it, man. Like I've hey, like we've been saying from the beginning, if you don't have sixty dollars right now. Do, don't, don't yeah. do not think that makes you a bad fan. You know what I mean? Like everybody's watching dollars right now. Everybody's pinching pennies. So no big deal if you can't afford it. But um, honestly, I don't think this card is that bad. I still don't think it's going to be very good on pay per view. But I think it's going to be pretty entertaining. Yeah, and I agree. And I agree with it. When you look down the lineup, I mean, there's a lot of quality fights that mean uh, a decent bit for the the division. And I think there, you know, you have the the token sort of gatekeeper fights and fights where people seem like are they, are they still are they still performing at the top level or is the new guy going up? What I like also about this is the fact that I like that the UFC still seems to be making an effort to not always put the female fights lower in the cards. Sure, you know that they're giving them main card slots. I mean, they deserve it. Um, Amanda certainly deserves it for what she's been able to do it. Um, so I love it. I love it that this isn't just a main card on a random UFC fight night middle nowhere. Yeah. You know, like, kudos to that. Um, but also, you know, and going outside of MMA, uh, you know, like what you said with the COVID uh, thing going on, with the economy just being sort of shuttered, asking anybody to do 60 bucks um, is a hard lift. But even looking outside of that, with other factors and things going on in the world right now, especially with the whole... George Floyd protests and things of that. There is a movement going on right now of real life matters that it kind of makes you uh, anything in the entertainment area. It's easy to say, okay, does this matter right now? Is there something else? Now, that being said, it is kind of nice to be able to turn the brain off for a little bit and watch entertainment, whether it be a movie, whether it be a read a book or something. Because a lot of that real-life, hard-hitting shit that we really need to address takes a lot out of you. Because it is heavy, and it is needed, and it is 
necessary. So I can see where somebody at this point right now could just be like, I just don't feel like I need to spend sixty bucks when there's other important shit. I get it going on. Like this is this is this is one of those turning points. Uh, there's a lot of heavy shit going on in the world right now that I can see where somebody's like. Uh, you know, should I be going to support my my brothers out there protesting this weekend as opposed to sitting at home drinking beer and watching fights? Um, there's a lot of those questions, you know, that could, you know, could be brought up and somebody can think of it. That's a personal decision. That's a personal choice. Your support and your things. And, you know, this is so this is, I, I can easily see where somebody's like the last thing on my mind right now is a pay-per-view card, regardless of whoever is on it, you know. I could see if it was a John Jones fight fighting Francis Ngannou, you could have some people that are still questioning whether they either want to tune into something else that's less important. Um, it's just one of those. Uh, it's just one of those. One of those. And I don't even want to say weekends because this this movement and this thing needs to go until it works itself to a better position. But this is the kind of thing that it's not going to be over this this weekend, and, and things can be no. moving forward. But. Um, that's another thing where it just feels weird almost in a sense when you're trying to pull interest into watching something where part of my interest is like, oh, man, I should be watching the news to see what's happening here, what's happening there. Because the scope of, the, of this movement is it's everywhere. You saw Adesanya and those guys doing it over and where he's at. Yeah, you see Zealand. it happening over in London. Yep. You see this thing's happening. This is this is a worldwide thing that is happening because uh the Which status is quo it is in our pretty lifetime to see. to see actual change of something that's been simmering underneath the uh you know out of sight thing that has needed to happen and finally unfortunately something did happen that has brought it to the surface and now it's being addressed so it kind of makes it and it's so weird because this is how we make our living is covering sports like this but it you know, when it all boils down to the sport is an entertainment field, so it's hard sometimes to think of like, well, it's, okay, you know. No, you're right. I mean, listen, I mean, since you brought it up, I mean, it, it, the, the scenes that we've been watching are tough to watch. I mean, obviously from yeah. the very start with, with the incident uh, and George Floyd's death, um, but what we've seen since then has been hard, man. It's heavy every night to see our world. When you think about a building on top of what we were already dealing with with coronavirus right. and, and all that we're dealing with, and and uh, you know the the like protests can you pile on? The right protests now? are amazing. It's so amazing to see people get behind us because racism is fucking stupid. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. Like it, it, it's just there's no place for it in our world, man. There really right. is. We you and I have been fortunate enough to travel all over the world, man. And I think if people once you get a chance to see the whole world, when you get your you get your, your your blinders off, and you realize, yeah. you know, we're all out, man, we're all doing the same thing. We all got the same struggles. We all got the same goals. You know what I mean? Like, right. come on, man, we're all in this together. Like, stop. Our, every society, color, race, whatever, we're all the same. So racism is ridiculous. Um, and 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 <laughs> for that to even be like an argument that needs to be made is just right. dumb, right? But it's dumb. Now, the looting that's good. So the protests are beautiful, man, and it's amazing to see the world yeah. come together. The pro uh, the the looting sucks there's no excuse for that and yep. it serves no purpose i mean I, I get it like i've always said like if people are like looting a, a grocery store during like a hurricane where there's no supplies or something like i got you dog you know what i mean like yeah. you need food for your house go steal you know what i mean yeah. like nobody can get this. i mean it still sucks but it at least there's sucks, a reason behind but at least it. i'm cool with that but yeah, yeah. like go in and get your, your your 4k tv or whatever like just that 
Come on, dog. That's not okay. So that's awful to see. But then the scenes of the police, man. And I get yeah. it. Like, I'm not trying to jump on the police either. Like, I don't envy that role, man. Like, yeah. dude, they have to put their life. Every time they go out the door, you know, when I when I go out the door for a business trip, I don't worry that I'm not coming back home. You know what I mean? Right. But, like, every single day they go on a shift. That's a yep. very real possibility. And even the tension that they're facing on the front lines with people yelling at them and screaming at them, and they're trying to monitor a thousand people and what's going on in situations, man, what they're processing. Like, I do not envy them. At the same time, it does not make a lot of those scenes that we've seen where they're clearly attacking innocent people. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that it's, it's disgusting. Right. I can understand to a degree how they're on edge as well, but it doesn't make it right. In the same way, the looting isn't right. That police violence, you know what I mean? It's just so there's just bad scenes. It's hard to see. It's hard to watch. But I do hope that we'll emerge on the other side of this better. You know, I've, I've, the, the change. This can't be just empty. You know what yeah. I mean? It can't be just you know, okay. We talk about it, then everything goes back to normal. And I'm proud to see how long people have stayed committed to this. You know what I yeah. mean? So clearly, I, I think anybody that knows us probably knows where we stand on this. But for me, it's been tough because, uh, yeah, you're right. What we do is entertainment, and we try not to be too political. Um, you can't – I don't want to ignore the issue, but at the same time, um, I don't know. I do feel like I want to give people a place to unplug a little bit and just say, you know what? You need to – I just want to talk some fights, man. I, you it. know what, man? My world is too heavy, and, and so, I, so I don't want to ignore it because that would be wrong. But at the same time, like – I think you and I have touched on key topics over the years, but just say, hey, I also want to say, hey – this is where we stand. We support you. We believe in you, and, and we're here. If, if anybody wants to talk or whatever, the same way we share yeah. all that we've been going through with our financial situations and our work situations, yeah. we're, we're open books. But at the same time, I do want to give people just a chance to like, hey, I just want to talk about some fights and just enjoy myself. That's it, and that's and it's the kind of thing that dialogue needs to happen, you know. And that's the kind of thing that we don't want to spend a whole show discussing kind of things, but it's the kind of things that we as a people need to discuss things more and to find out the things that happen. Because just like you said with the cops, I I love my, my boys in blue. I love my military. I love that other kind of things. But I think just like you pointed out earlier, when we saw some, some of these areas, things need to change. Habits need to change. Uh, you can't go. And while I respect what they do um, wholeheartedly, you also can't you have to think about your actions every day. You can't walk down the street, see somebody that, oh, I'm not liking what this person's doing, and just have car blanche to push them out of the way, to pepper spray, to shoot them, to tase them. Oh, you know, the scenes have been disgusting. It's man. it's been it's been unreal, and it's hard to justify some of the things you, because you know I I, I support support and love uh, the people that are willing to put themselves in harm's way for our our livelihood, our country, our protection. But even that, you need to do it within reason. You cannot be a robot. You cannot be a blind tool. You need to do that sort of thing. And with the whole thing of, of this, and, and again, I'm, I'm not going to drag this too far because this is the kind of thing that you guys know us and you know that this is the kind of stuff. You want to have beers and we can talk and we can really have the conversations and you want to enlighten me and you want to enlighten John and you want to talk of these things. That's the best when, when brothers can sit down and have some beers and it talk is. real shit. Yep. You know, it's never going to get all out in one show, but we wanted to make sure we talked a little bit about it because there needs to be a, a change because the, the systematic racism, the systematic uh, oppression that's been happening that a lot of us, without even knowing it, have been uh, turning a blind eye without even knowing what we do and what we've been um, privy to. Me, as being uh, a part Asian kid, that was a white Asian mix, you know, never had to deal with the shit that uh, 
a lot of these young black youth and other people had to deal with. I mean, I had to deal with my own particular shit, but it was a fraction, not even a fraction. I'm not a good mathematician to to, to decipher right. the small bits of what I felt as being the awkward kid that uh, coming into a suburb area, being the kid that looked different, um, felt as opposed to some of these other people and their everyday lives that just don't go away. Right. You know, so by the fact of me not realizing that uh, a lot of what I don't have to pay attention to by me not paying attention to is in a way doing a disservice to the, the fact of the people that are still being uh, oppressed by these certain things. So me as a human and as a, as a man and a, as a person that can learn, those are the kind of things that I want to take from this to try to make sure that when I see injustice, when I see things happening that I should be paying better attention to, that is my job to make sure that I'm looking and trying to be aware at those things. And this is one of the things that this is, I think, proven and shown and, and all of us have to better look at is by turning a blind eye, you're not doing anybody a service. You're actually doing a disservice by taking the status quo and by not paying attention yeah. to the ills that are happening out there. And those are the kind of things that uh, I will try to be better and uh, will look to try to see how I can help and be a better partner to help other people well along said, the way. Well said, man. Much so. respected, dude. It's funny, you know, like I said, not to, to, to belabor this any longer than it has to go, but uh, we don't try to hide things from my, my son. You know, he just turned eight uh, in May, but we've always been very open to him about letting him see what's going on in the world and understanding, but trying to under explain to an eight-year-old the yeah. plight of black people in this country and why they're treated differently or how they're treated differently. It's so embarrassing to just explain that, like, this is what our society has done, you know, and this is how it's handled. Sometimes yeah. it's like, Jesus Christ, we're idiots. Well, so, especially if they haven't, if he's been lucky enough to not have seen it, and right. part of that will come from the environment and from the people. Yeah, I think kids don't know. Kids don't kids know, don't man. Know. They're still they fucking they great. They're still pure. <laughs> so shout out, man. It, I, I love the explanation that I've seen on social media and stuff. You know, yeah. the whole Black Lives Matter and people get pissed off about that. I love it. It's like, look. We're not saying all lives don't matter. They all matter. But yeah. right now, black people need help. Right now, the black ones are the ones that need help. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So shout out. So, uh, yeah. All right. Let's. Well said. Thank you for stopping us down and doing that because it has to be addressed. But let's let's move on to the fight. So let's get back let's to get what back we to said. people in their underwear. Get back to people in underwear in a cage, man. All right. So let's let's get into this main event. By the way, I will say I got back on the phone tour. My office. I've I've been relocating my office yep. and, and redesigning my office. And I'm, I'm just, looking forward to see some pictures. Oh, you should show some pa Patreon pictures. Oh, I'll share it to Patreon first. Yeah, sure. I'll share it to Patreon I, first. Well, share to me first, okay. and then then Patreon. I'm excited because I've really <laughs> been working on it. My wife's been helping me with some ideas, and and, and we're setting it up. And uh, I've almost got done, but I've got all my equipment set back up. I had broken everything down because I had to relocate it, um, and I have it set back up. So now I can do uh, high-quality phone interviews again where it's, you know, you're getting nice audio. Um, and we'll share a couple of those in a minute. But I I'm saying that because uh, I did a couple interviews. I did five interviews actually yesterday, uh, Wednesday, uh, of fighters on this card. And, man, you know how I've been saying that, like, I don't feel like it's fight week. I don't feel like I'm getting fight. Right. It, that helped me a lot. I felt like I got the experience. It's, <laughs> it's not quite as much as – it's not like going to the hotel and setting up in the in the room it's and not, getting it. It's not. But it's, I miss those. It's better than virtual media day. No disrespect uh, to virtual media day. Yeah. The USC is doing their best to help us out there. But man, I you know it's certainly better than nothing. It's certainly better than nothing. So I, I got a little. I got a little opportunity. So I had a chance to talk first to Amanda Nunes. Um, 
Man, Amanda, as you would expect, high energy. Uh, of course, her, her wife, Nina Ansaroff, is pregnant right now. They're going to have a child later this year. They're super excited about that. Yeah, soon, uh, right? Yeah. She's like six months? Yeah, she's next couple six of months. months. It was great. Amanda, was, it was, I was like, are you, are you nervous? And it was so <laughs> great to hear Todd. She was like, she was like I would be scared. Um, if I didn't know that we had planned all this, and she's like, she's like, yeah. w- she's like, once I had these big fights, and she's like, once I had money in the bank, she's like, my bank That's account was point. right. She's like, I have enough money to pay for this That's kid's college already. She's like, I never have to rely on anybody ever again. That's awesome. She said, you know, like I, we are financially set. And now I feel ready to bring somebody in this world. And she's so she's super excited about. It. They and did it the right way because you know a lot of people are like, oh man, we had the kid. Now we're like, oh shit, how are we ever going to plan for college? Oh, how yeah. are we going to do this? She literally said, she's like, I wanted to make sure I had the scholarship paid when the baby was born. That's awesome. And she's like, and I have that. She's like, I have all I done. Well, so it's cool though. It's cool to hear. Where's she going to try to go? Because scholarships can change well, depending know, on where the <laughs> price can change. But it was cool to hear her talk about her family. Uh, but then I also asked her about her her fighting career because she's not old by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but she's been so dominant. I mean, she's just 32 right now. Um, in fact, I think she just turned 32, if, if, I, if wow. I remember right, uh, which means she could have several years. But I kind of wondered if, you know, the growing family and then the the fact that she doesn't really have, like, these name challengers, you know, yeah. would, would, you know, kind of, like, I don't say demotivate her, but just not, not get excited, not yeah. get up. And, she, and it was so cool to hear her. She was like, no. She's like, I live for this stuff. She's like, I love nothing better in life than fighting, than training, the feeling yeah. of fight week, the momentum that it gives me. She's like, and I want to keep doing this. I'm like, what do you want to accomplish? You know, she's like, I just want to keep winning. She's like, I want to win over and over and over. And she's like, the next names that come up, I want that person. The next name, she's like, Felicia Spencer, you know, people, people, oh, I don't know. She's like, I know who she is. She's yeah. tough. And I'm not, she's like, rule number one in my book. Do not underestimate anyone. And I, I, I love to hear that attitude for because I did wonder, again, you're focused on your family now. You, you're, you've dominated. You're, you're, nobody even argues anymore if she's the women's goat. It's not yeah, like, you know, true. one it's of true. the greatest of all time. It's just like she's the women's goat. Everybody says that. Um, and she had a great quote about that, too. And, I, and there's a piece on MMA Junkie. Um, it's funny because I, I kind of stopped doing phone interviews because now everything's so much about video, 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 video. Um, but honestly, I got into the sport to write. And so I actually wrote like four or five kind of not Don't you lo- dare, John. Not long video. pieces. Stay I know, yeah, video. you're like, don't video, you dare. Bro, don't, don't ruin the video team. Um, but I actually wrote some longer pieces this week than I have in a long time just because I, I, I got on these phoners. But, um, but yeah, just her, her quotes about like, wh- like where she is and what she's doing and that sort of thing, it just uh, – it, it, it got me kind of uh, – kind of t- I feel like she's still inspired. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like she still well, wants to do things. Imagine, too, because every, every fighter that we've seen after they've had a kid is just literally fighter – 2.0 because mm-hmm. they're so jazzed up to support that kid. I mean, that's when the whole dad Cerrone became a thing. Like every fighter that we know of, once they become a parent, if they maybe weren't maybe as enthused, but now they have a reason to fight, it's like it completely just switches them around. Right. So, like, if she's already that still jazzed and dangerous now, I could only imagine what Mom Nunez is going to be. I'm telling you, she's fired <laughs> up. You know, we said that the the one thing that I've missed through this process is not getting that uh, that you know that visual interaction and yeah. that body language. And I didn't get that, but still, you know, I had a good ten minutes with her on the phone, just one on one conversation. And man, you could hear the enthusiasm in her voice. Of yeah. course, not cutting down to 135. That that definitely makes her a happier person. True. Um, but <laughs> but she she feels like she's in, in really really good spirits um, and really excited for this. Um, Interesting to note, uh, I mean, oh, it's interesting to me. Probably some people won't care. 
But uh, Amanda's been been rocking two different belts this whole time, right? Because she's got she's got the the one forty five belt is still the old UFC belt. Oh yeah. So she so if she wins, she'll have the matching set now. She won't have the. Team. I like that old belt. I know we've said that before. It is good. I like the old belt. Like, the new one. The new one. The new one has grown on me. Is it, it, you're right. It has grown. It has grown. It, it definitely has that more like techno edgy sort of. Yeah. At first, it felt too much. I'm like, was this Tron or something? Like the hell is yes, this thing? Yes. It was very. Mean? It was very Tron. It was very hard. I just, edge I just or whatever. really dated myself there, didn't I? I love Tron. <laughs> You so I was just inside. I was like, people, "Dude, bro, that was like my know favorite people movie." Listening to this, going, "What is he talking Dude, about?" Like, which Tron? They probably only know like the new Tron. They oh, didn't even know the that's old right. Tron. See, I didn't even stay soft. I forgot. I even forgot there was a new Tron. See, I'm not even talking about new Tron. <laughs> I'm talking about old Tron. That's how old I am. Oh goodness! All right, yeah, we totally dated her. So anyway, yeah, super old. Um, all right, so Amanda Nunes, listen, uh, I, I picked her in this fight. Uh, she, she's, I mean, she's the goat. Uh, but I will say this. Had a chance to speak to Felicia Spencer as well, and um, yeah, she's got a, she's got a great attitude. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, let's just let her say her words first. You can hear from Felicia Spencer first, and then we'll we'll talk a little bit about uh, my thoughts on this fight after that. So here is the phenom, Felicia Spencer. Felicia, I appreciate the time. Of course. So give me the feel right now. I mean, UFC title <laughs> fight just a couple days away. What's what's the emotion? What's the energy? What's the feel for you right now? I'm I'm just. Every day I wake up and I'm like, man, I wish it was fight day. Like, I'm just so excited to get in there and, and um, experience it all. Like, the, the the cage facing Amanda, you know, fighting and, and winning. I just am so excited to do it. No question. I mean, uh, you know, obviously your division doesn't have the most number of athletes in it. But, I mean, you're just a year in and you're fighting for the title in the UFC. Did you have an idea that, you know, you could transition this fast from coming into the UFC to fighting for the title? Um, I, had, I had a feeling, you know, that things would move quickly. Um, I believed in myself and my abilities to take me there, and uh, it sure did move quick, you know, right from the start, you know, going to win my first fight and then being able to have a huge opportunity right after that and then winning my next fight. <laughs> yeah, it's, all, it's definitely, I guess, been pretty quick, um, but I, I never doubted that it would happen quickly, you know, especially with this division, like you said. Um, I knew I would I would get straight to the top of it yeah. as fast as I could. You kind of touched on the cyborg fight a little bit there. I mean, obviously, a lot of people got you know gave you a ton of respect for that fight. Uh, but I know you you came to win. But did you, did you take lessons out of that? I mean, it was a a big a big opponent, a big name, that sort of thing. I mean, did you did you take anything out of that that's helped you kind of get where you are now? For sure. I mean, I, I think every experience, good or bad, or in between, is gonna you know have a part of where you are right you know at, at the moment. So you know. Being able to kind of just look back and, and just know that everything I thought um, about myself was was true, you know, like that I would that I would stand in front of her and and that I honestly didn't feel any kind of like fear, you know. I, I mentioned where um, you know some people say that her opponents are beat before they even get in front of her, you know, that mentally they're just already beaten. And for me, I was 100% confident the whole time, even at the end of the third round, you know, any moment of the fight, I know I can win. Like, I had that, um, that drive to win at every moment. So, um, not that I doubted I would have that feeling, but it was it was nice to, like, prove it to yourself sometimes, you know, that yeah, absolutely. I do have that drive to win. And I know I can win any fight at any moment. Um, so, yeah, it definitely gives me... You know, just, just gives me something to draw on, you know, uh, just, just like, like you said, experience. It's just experience and uh, adapting. You know, I feel like I'm 
I'm even better now than I used to be at, at just adapting to situations and finding, you know, finding my moment. I'm going to find my moment in this fight. That's awesome. Well, every, obviously everybody's adapting right now with this strange world that we're living in, but uh, talk about your preparation. I mean, this, this pandemic MMA training, uh, how much did it impact what you're doing? I mean, you're getting ready for obviously the biggest fight of your life, a USC title fight. Um, what, what, were there added challenges, or how did the preparation go for you? Um, yeah, we, we just – obviously everything was a little different. We had to find, like, a new normal, a new, a new rhythm, and um, basically we just looked at, okay, what, what do I need out of camp? and found a way to make it happen. You know, we, I had a couple people around me I was able to work with. Um, we had a, you know, we found a place to, to, to train, um, different places than usual, less, less people involved, obviously, which that would be the only thing I think would be, um, you know, that was kind of missed is like just the having more, more looks and more bodies. But honestly, the people that I picked that I had with me to train, I think were perfect you know, perfectly suited for me to train for Amanda Nunes, which is really, that's really the focus, right? Like most of the time I'm in fight camp and I have people around me who are also in fight camp and we're all training together to help each other. And it was kind of, it was almost like a very selfish feeling that I felt like, but it felt good. Like everything that was happening was because of me and my fight. And it was all about Amanda Nunes. So that was a little different, but I think it actually, I think it actually worked out pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I feel so good about what we did. Everything, all of our intention was on Amanda Nunez every moment of training. So that was different, but an unexpected surprise, I think. Like, we all feel really good about training. Yeah, that's awesome. So talk about, you know, how you, how you get ready for an Amanda Nunes. I mean, I think widely considered the, the greatest of all time in the women's division, um, you know, probably does have a little bit of an aura about her the same way a cyborg did. Um, so how do you game plan for somebody like that? I mean, can you look at the greatest of all time and say, you know, I see very, you know, I, I see weaknesses here, or is it more so about like just having yourself as sharp as possible? What's what's the proper approach? You think? Um, I I mean I, I always say there's another human being in front of me, and I don't look at like her her highlights or her lowlights as anything that's going to like tell the story of her skill set or what I'm going to see on that night. Um, I think every accomplishment that she's had is real. You know, she found a way to win so many fights and a lot of them very impressively. Um, but again, it's, it's another fight. It's a, it's someone that she's never faced before. I'm different. I know I'm different. Uh, I know what I bring to the table. It's going to feel different for her. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be able to find a way to win. I, like I said, I adapt in every situation and, um, I, I doubt that it would be a first round as much as I would love it to be a first round finish <laughs> and be done with this. Uh, I can see myself finishing this fight before that, that five rounds is up. Um, I think it's going to be a, a lot of grind, a lot of pressure. And uh, I'm just so excited to like, to feel that in the, in the fight. I'm, I'm excited to feel that, that grind and to know that I'm, I'm ready to go for 10 rounds, you know, that I'm going to keep going and I'm just going to wait for that moment where I can win. I don't know if you thought about it, but uh, are you are you considering that you might have to fight her twice? I mean, you beat her on Saturday night. She's been a dominant champion. Do you think you know an instant rematch would, would be warranted for somebody with her resume? You think maybe you're gonna have to beat her twice in a row? Um, I think it would be warranted. I I am not confident that she would want to. Uh, you know, with with where she what her goals are in her career, I don't know, but. Um, all I ask is that my first title defense is in Canada. That'd be cool. <laughs> that would be good to be anywhere. We got to travel again, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I imagine that she's, she's got she's got some stuff going on with uh, a growing family here coming up, so I doubt she'd want to fight real soon. So there might be a, a little bit of time in between. Who knows? I'm not worried about what's happening after the fight too much, though, so we'll, we'll take it as it comes. No doubt We about can't it. plan on anything right now. What that is so true well listen i mean obviously you know that uh, that you're the underdog coming in i mean amanda does have a reputation but i know you plan on shocking the world so um what do we see what are, what are we gonna see on saturday night you said first round might be tough but you're not ruling it out um what, what, what kind of fight are we gonna see on saturday you're just gonna see a, a new version of me a new version of the phenom uh I'm, I'm putting things together differently. I'm, I'm so confident. I mean, there's going to be, I'm sure, a lot of similar things that people have seen, you know, with my style and stuff. But it's going to be a gritty fight, and you're going to see me the game with it. I love it. I appreciate the time, and uh, definitely looking forward to it this weekend. Well, no problem. I love talking with you guys, so enjoy your time also. Thank you. All right, so that was Felicia Spencer. Uh, listen, man, the confidence there is real. Uh, I, I like the fact, you know, I like the fact that she had that experience with Cyborg. The fact that, you know, she, now granted, it didn't come out her way, but I think she gained a lot of respect in that fight. And, you know, she's faced that kind of, the, the demon, so to speak, the one that you're like, oh, man, I don't, I don't know. And, and she said, look, I, I came out of it and proved to myself that I am who I thought I was. I, I'm not going to be scared. Uh, in, in these situations, and I don't think she's going to be overwhelmed by the moment. I, I like the excitement out of her, and I will say there's some things that she does that could cause Amanda Nunes some problems. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, Felicia Spencer does have some some tricky striking. You know, she started out in a traditional karate base, so she's got some, you know, kind of odd-timed and, and, and movements uh, at, at times, but I do not think the idea of standing toe-to-toe with Amanda Nunes uh, and swinging until you see who yeah. falls uh, <laughs> goes well for anybody. So no. I don't think she'll do that. No. So, I mean, she's definitely going to want to get inside. Uh, she's going to want to put this against the fence. She's going to want to try to get it to the ground. Amanda Nunes certainly no joke on the ground as well. So it's not that if she, it's not if is if she gets it down that Amanda Nunes is a fish out of water. Um, but I, I think if she served better to try to, 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 to take this fight into the clinch or to, or to have it on the floor. Um, I like Felicia Spencer. I, I do believe that maybe at one point um, she can be a UFC champion. I think there's real skills there. Yep. If you weren't watching her in Victor career, you might not have necessarily had a chance to see it in her UFC run so so you know so soon. But I I can't pick against Amanda Nunes. That's it. I mean, like <laughs> as much as I I will give much props and respect to Felicia because what she was able to do against Cyborg. Um, was just fantastic. I I I will admit and I will say I I'm man enough to say I didn't give her any chance sure, in that a lot fight. Of people didn't. And she was amazing. Her resilience. She took everything that Cyborg gave and she made it to the end of the fight. And after that point, I I, I said I would I wouldn't uh, doubt her her heart by any means. And she's a talented fighter. But man, Amanda Nunes is the goat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's hard to pick against Amanda, especially right now. Um, but I'm looking forward to that fight, and I'm not one. I'm at this point, I won't count Felicia out because after what I saw last time, there's always a chance. And I thought 
you know, to be honest, Amanda's, Amanda didn't look flawless in her last performance. Correct. So you never know. Um, I still, if I had to put money down, I would put my money on Nunez just for the fact that every fighter uh, has some of these fights here and there where they don't look 100% or they don't have these stellar performances that we're used to see. But this is could be one of those ones where it's back up on the uptrend. And listen, smaller cage does mean you know less room that, that Felicia Spencer yep. has to has to chase things down, yep. you know, to try to cut distance. I mean, it does make you know yep. clinches uh, more frequent. So yep. and Amanda moves forward. She she does such a good job of cutting off the cage and and just dictating the pace. I mean, Felicia's going to be on the back foot the whole time. I mean, I don't see a point in this fight, especially in a smaller cage of a man that just sort of like going, I'm like, all right, let's see what you're going to do. Yeah. Bring it to me. Let's no, see what you got. It's not going to happen like that. She's aggressive. <laughs> and she's found a way to still pace herself while being aggressive. Yeah. So, uh, listen, I, I think Felicia Spencer deserves more respect and credit than she's probably getting. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, Amanda Nunes is certainly my pick. Now, by the way, I should say if you like what you're hearing. And why wouldn't you? Why would yeah. you not like what you're hearing? Uh do us a favor. Make sure that wherever you listen to a podcast from me, it's Apple Podcasts, that, that you log in, uh, you leave us a review if you can. Five stars helps us out. A little bit of feedback even if you want to leave us uh, some comments, you know, that sort of thing. We appreciate it. I mean, you know, we'll take we'll take constructive criticism, but positive feedback is definitely appreciated. Uh, so to make sure you do that, that helps us out. And then, of course, if you want to take it to the next level, head on over to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow uh, and join there for as little as $3 a month. You can have full access to all of our content over there, including the and-a-half post-fight shows that are coming up each and every week because it seems like we're going to have fights each and every damn week. I'm hoping even once we get to Fight Island, I'll be able to make it out there. don't know yet. Still don't know where the damn thing is, but uh, we'll, we'll have shows. You know it's supposed to be, what did, what did Dana say, fucking expensive? Oh, yeah. Well, so hopefully we'll have shows one way or the other. I mean, we'll definitely have shows one way or the other, but I'm just hoping I can actually do them on site. Hopefully I can get over there and, and get you some, some coverage. But uh, Yeah, get you a nice little bikini or something for it. I don't it. know about that. Uh, but sh- uh, <laughs> shout-out to uh, Paul. Shout-out to Eric Carvin. They both uh, they both signed up this past week. Gave Thank some you, support. fellas. Uh, like I said, the three, as little as $3 a month. We have some higher tiers as well um, that come with a couple of added benefits there where you can basically just tell us what to do. Handies. Once you start supporting us, yeah, you, you just after tell en- us after, yeah, after enough beers, we just give out handies <laughs> to the top tier. <laughs> no promises there. The cold if. <laughs> The cold coffee's one. You catch me on the right day. Catch me on the right day. (laughs) All right, listen. uh, Also, speaking of taking to the next level, how about DraftKings? The UFC's trying to take to the next level, and DraftKings is right there alongside them, and they're trying to take you to the next level as well. I mean, UFC 249, it was great. It was great. It felt good to be back to live sports, but that was just a primer. Now Mm -hmm. we're back home. We're in the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Vegas, Nevada, for UFC 250. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action with a free shot at $1 million. million (laughs) Top prize. (laughs) With your first deposit. Look, if you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stand to the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million. Dollars. That's a lot of dollars. Nothing makes a UFC event more exciting than when you have skin in the game with DraftKings and for a limited time. And I really like this offer. Because you know how, like, 
whenever you sign up for something new, they hook uh-huh. you up. You know, you get your free iPhone. You get a little something. You get your, something. You get your Sunday ticket for free. They always hook you up, right? Ooh, but if but if I'd you're the that. if you're the chump that's just been like around for like five years, they're like, bro, we don't care about you. Like you, you're already a customer. DraftKings not doing that for a limited time. DraftKings is offering both new and existing users Whoa. a deposit bonus of up to five. $100. So what you do, you just download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code, and this is important, make sure you use the promo code. What's that code? Frosty. Oh. In honor of the frosty beverages, frosty beverages. that we're having right now on this lovely <laughs> MMA Row Show. And you'll get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code Frosty. To get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Dude, DraftKings is killing it right now. Trying to give away a million bucks, dude. They are, Get man. Get your million. Now, uh, the one thing I will say about DraftKings, depending on the state you live in, where if you're in a state like us that has a bazillion casinos, right. I cannot play. Yes. So there are restrictions. So don't get upset if but your state if is one of those because what you should do is move your ass to a state <laughs> that allows you to play DraftKings. I was say, if your because it's a million motherfucking dollars. If your mom's got an address somewhere else, <laughs> just you, speaking of moms, moms are always in hey, help out. Hey, that's some, that's some serious tip right Use there. Use your mom's address. Use your mom's address. Hashtag just saying. All right, co-main event, Hotfield of Sunset <laughs> versus Cody saying. Garbrandt. This is where I get excited about this card. Not that I don't love the title fight. I do, but... The, 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 the clarity that we're going to get in the Bantamweight division I think is key. Rafael Sunsal versus Cody Garbrandt. Man, this is a, a, a really, really big fight. Um, Cody Garbrandt, to, to me, it, it's all about Cody Garbrandt. I mean, I love Rafael Sunsal, man. The guy has yep. been at the top of the division for years. Overlooked a lot, I think, because he's not a trash talker. He's not willing to get out there and, and uh, you know, go crazy on social media. He, you know, he's, he's very – uh, an even-tempered, kind of calm guy in interviews. He's just not that guy. And this is definitely, you know, the uh, the entertainment era, thanks to Conor McGregor and, and, and that the like. Um, meanwhile, Cody Garbrandt, I mean, Cody Garbrandt, when he is executing, is just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, his, his win over Dominic Cruz back in 2016, we're talking about one of the greatest performances of all time. I mean, that championship fight, I, you looked at that guy and thought, Nobody can touch this guy, man. The speed, the power, the execution, the movement. But he struggled since then, man. He's had knockouts. Um, he's he's had injuries to deal with. He's had uh, just all these things, you know. And he's he's mentally reinventing himself. You know, he's he went out to New Jersey to to to, to train with the crew out there, uh, Mark Henry and that crew to try to get a different look, um, man. Just a big moment for Cody Garbrandt, who, when he's firing on all cylinders, and if he is, you know, reinvented, and if, if he is able to rebuild himself, I mean, the star quality is there. Not, I mean, yeah, obviously, that's a given. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's got the he's got the look, right, man. Yep. He's you know, a handsome guy with the tattoos, marketable as hell. Plus, his fighting style is just super fun. It's not like you know, he's a oh man, that guy's a good looking guy with tattoos, and he literally just lays on people for twenty five <laughs> minutes. You know what I mean? That like, doesn't happen. That, he goes out there and just bangs as well. Um, but this is no joke. This is no kind of hey, we'll give you a little warm up fight here to to try to get you back in there. This is Rafael Sunsia, who's a stiff test. Yeah. Um, I am. Uh, I, I'm really intrigued by this because again, Co- uh, you know, Cody Garbrandt when he's executing is as good as anybody in the world. And uh, he's a slight favorite in this fight. Um, 
But I mean, Hotfield Sunsau is. Is I he think, really? Oh, I know. Which I think Hotfield Sunsau is just criminally underrated throughout his career. Now it's not a big look. It's not a big line. I think it's minus one forty. Is that's got to be the popularity factor I swinging so. it? That's got to so be, and that's and, that, and that's just a a proven point to what you're saying. Cody is every bit as marketable as anything out there. Good looking dude. He's fit. He he brings the swag. I mean, he brings the attitude. Whereas Rafael's just, I mean, like he's been doing everything he has needed to do, and I just, uh, I mean, they're granted they're close in ranking, uh, so I could see where they could be close in the odds, but I'm just really surprised that. Uh, I think, there, I think there's some emotion the, in that line. I think you know, I think people be. know that people like Cody Garbrandt and want to want to put some money on. That's him, you it. Know what I mean, I mean, that's what ultimately when it comes down to putting money down, I think a lot of people. They feel good about the fact if they just know that they played a little money on the guy that, guy, that guy that Supporting they like, their guy, their guy and yeah. that's got to be why it's like that. Yeah. I'm a little surprised by that. Uh, so that's a big one. And then I'll tell you what, Corey Sanhagen versus Aljamain Sterling. I'll be honest with you, I really feel like Sanhagen Sterling should have been the co-main, co-main event. Yeah. As much as Asuncio and Garbrandt, um, especially Garbrandt as a former champion, I get it, deserves that that's respect. It. That's it. That, that's that got to be the point. Sam I mean, Hagen-Sterling should have been the co-main event. I, I think this is, this is, this is yeah. at, at worst, a number one contender fight. Um, I did talk to Al Jermaine yesterday as well, and he, and he said, listen, I really think this should have been the title fight. He's like, you know, no, you know, no disrespect to, to Aldo and Jan. Yeah. Uh, but I think this should have been the title fight. And he actually I see his point. He actually was kind of joking. He's like, to me, it is a title fight. He's like, I'm gonna go out there on June 6th and I'm gonna win that belt, that imaginary belt. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, good for you. He's got a good attitude as well, man. He's uh, Al Jermaine's in a good spot. You know, got through the the COVID 19 scare with his girl. Um, you know, won't have his longtime cornerman, uh, Ray Longo, out here, um, but still feels comfortable. You know, Al Quinta's in his corner and feels comfortable with the crew around him. Um, but this is a big fight, man. Al Jermaine, you know, kind of made it to the top of the mountaintop before, had a little a little downturn. Meanwhile, Corey Sanhagen, this dude's been perfect since he got to the UFC. This is a great fight, and I don't disagree that it could have been a number one contender. I thought yep. Sterling Yan would have been the title fight. Um a lot of people but this thought has that big, was the fight. this has big implications. Yeah, a lot of people thought that was the fight that should have been made. And just how when we go back and we when we uh, name and when we do a lot of lower thirds, which is the graphic, the title we put on fighters, once somebody has reached a title uh, uh, level and they've won a title, that doesn't ever go away. So right. we always put that on there. So when looking respect. at for who is the co-main and who is not the co-main, I can see that respect level given where I could see where if somebody was off to the side and like, Whoa, that guy was a title holder. You know why? Why is he not? You know the co-main, or why is he not whatever? So I could see where maybe they that slightly carried some weight within probably the UFC matchmakers when they're putting the lineup. But in terms of what really, uh, especially if you just look at the rankings, what makes more sense as for the guys that were really the the title contenders and who were in that that immediate sort of group of guys that were possibly going to get the title shot. It was Sanhagen and, yeah. and Aljo. Easy. I think so, too. So, and, and, and listen, I mean... <sighs> I don't mind them. I don't mind the co-main event because I like both guys. Um, I'm, I'm a homer for Ohio guy, even though I didn't pick him this time. You didn't pick him? No, and I, I, I still, I still kind of want to go back and switch it because I feel like a jackass. Anytime I don't pick an Ohio guy, but a Sunsal is just fighting on another level. And just the time away right now for Garbrandt, it just, I just feel like a Sunsal's firing on more cylinders right now 
that I think he'll come in as a, as a more finely tuned individual. And that's the only reason I went that way because I lose a lot of fights when I pick by my by being a homer. Of course. <laughs> and I'm trying to get back up towards the top of this. You want to win this This thing. junkie ranking, again, man. Win it again. I know I got close even this last time, but Simon edged me out. But I'm 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 falling way behind, so I, I don't have no room to homer. Yeah, Anymore. and we don't have as many fights right now, so we don't have as many picks to kind of That's make up. Room. Well, here and here's here's what I say is that uh, I, another reason I would say put Sanhagen Sterling is in in the co-main event is because I do believe the winner of that should be in line for a title shot, and if 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 that's the case, you're, you're going to want to give him that rub. But it does make me wonder if there's any way. I mean, sir, surely Cody with a win couldn't jump in line, right? And I'm not trying to disrespect him. It would have he to be. He should not be able to jump in line. Now, he no, should not, but if – that's the same thing I, I mean, said look, about Gar- Dreamio. Garbrandt Aldo or Garbrandt Jan, both of those stylistically would be stunning. Those would be fun. But they, I, don't, I don't think he's jumping. I'm not disrespecting him. I'm yeah. just saying you can't look away from what Sanhagen and Sterling have both accomplished. But I think it's, it's, we, it's also – this is uh, they have proven themselves. Like this is for sure an entertainment company. They will put the biggest – most eyeball demanding fight on there. Right. Um, just like I said last time when I was like, if Burns has an outstanding performance, watch. He's going to get that title shot. And there's quite the possibility that he could get that shot. I think with Cody and with the, the, the following that he has, he would literally have to come out there and have the performance of his life, you know, and put on just a stellar dominating and if and if Sanhagen and Aljo goes out there and turns out to be an absolute stinker of a fight, he could easily jump over them just for the fact of he could ride that momentum. We've seen Dana do it before. It doesn't make any sense and it's not fair. But if he comes but out they there, don't care. but they don't care. <laughs> That's it. That's what we've learned is that they don't care about those rankings, even though these are two individuals that most people thought should be in for the title fight. If they go out there and put on a boring fight and both of them give too much respect to each other and they never lay it on the line and it's and, and it's just a bunch of running around the cage because they're too you know they're too weary to throw some strikes mm-hmm. and Cody goes out there and just starches a sun's out Cody can easily get that nod because he's not that far away from the top. It's crazy. It's and it's crazy. crazy. It's crazy, man. Because it shouldn't be that way. But it could but, happen. But it could happen. All right, Neil Magny versus Anthony Rocco Martin. I, look, I like this fight a lot, too. I like both these guys. I mean, Neil Magny, obviously one of the nicest guys in the sport. I mean, we say that about a lot of people. But uh, just, I mean, soft-spoken, super nice, great guy. Um, but Anthony Rocco Martin, man, Rocco is a guy that I, – I, I, man, I have a soft spot for, for Rocco, man. I, I just – you know, I, I I think that he feels disrespected a lot of times, and um, you know he's put together a, you know a very impressive win streak now. I think he's five and one his last six with the, with the only loss to Damian Maya, which wasn't necessarily a a, a bad you know performance. Uh, I I think Rocco Rocco's a slight underdog in this, and I look, I mean I I think he can make it a, a rough night for Neil Magny, man. I think he can make it kind of ugly and just you know making Neil Magny. Dig under hooks over and over and fighting off again. We're talking about that small cage, so you know less less room for Neil to to back up and use that big range. Yeah. Um. So I'll be honest, man. I, I again, I have a soft spot for Rocco, and I love Neil Magny too. But um, I don't know, man. I, I see Rocco perhaps being able to make this kind of a a, a rough one. Not necessarily, you know, he's not necessarily going to deliver the most beautiful performance of all time, but kind of making this a dirty, ugly fight and making it tough for Neil Magny. I agree, and, and he's got he's got a lot of great cardio. He's got power. I mean, he's no Leach, and, uh, you know, I thought Leach gave 
you know, I was really surprised at yeah. how well Magny did in that fight. It looked like Magny 2.0. Oh, oh, he looked man. so good. And, and I picked Leech that fight, and it hurt because I love Magny. I just, he's always been great. I love that he, he's a, he's a former, uh, serviceman as right. well, you know, so I got a lot of respect for him there. But, um, Magny, when he is on, is just super, super tough. And, and Rocco has always outshined the, the credit of what I've given him. I know I've picked him a couple times. There's been a couple times I haven't because I didn't think uh, he had what it took, and he always rose to the occasion. And this is one of those kind of fights where I anticipate that he's going to rise to the occasion. Um, it just it just depends on wh- what Neil shows up because – uh, Neil went. He's been maybe recently more a little spotty. He hasn't been as consistent in his performances, whereas I think Rocco's been a little bit more consistent in what you know that you're going to get. Um, I just don't know if Magni took uh, Leech's power, and Leech has a lot more power. Well, not a lot more power. I think he's more powerful than what Rocco. I think so too. I think just with think the pressure so. of what Rocco's going to be bringing, and he's just he just like a he's like a. Once you turn that faucet on, he just keeps pouring it on, and that's what I think eventually outweighs the guy. And that could be very, very bad for Neil because Neil, if he gets uh, put up against the wall and he just starts getting sort of overrun, he has this moment where he just sort of shuts down. He needs that length. He needs a little distance. And if Anthony keeps putting it on him and, and just sort of smothers him, the fight could easily go in his direction. It just depends on how – how it sort of plays out. If if Rocco can get in there and make it dirty, get it close, keep it clinch, he's going to get the win. I agree. And but if, if he can't, if he can't get pieced up with he's just hundred jabs and that's it. Like the, da, 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 that's it. And they say they say they say everything's in a, in a, it's a game of inches or it's a it's you know when it comes to this particular sport, it's 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 that simple sometimes where if a guy's able to if he's able to keep the distance and stay in his range and do his thing, he's gonna he's gonna He's going to do it. and But who knows? I mean, Leach tried to cl- clinch up with Magny as well, and, and Magny was able to do okay with it. But, man, uh, that's a tough one. But you're right, man. There's two guys that are just both guys are just super, super nice guys, and you don't like to pick against either one. But was was this one of the ones we had to pick? Uh, yeah. I'm trying, I can't remember, remember who, who I picked. picked. Well, I guess you'll find out when they publish I on Friday. I, I know. I'm like, should I just go back and redo all my picks? Because I'm such a homer. I, I – <laughs> I like Magni a lot. I think maybe I think I did pick Magni. Your service ties. I'm so I'm such a service homer. If you've served one month in the military and then you become a fighter, I'm still gonna pick you. (laughs) Even if you go, no matter what, I'm gonna probably pick you. Uh, But yeah, I think I I think I pick Magni in this because uh, partially just think if he rides the momentum of what he did that last fight, I would put him up against anybody in the division. Um, But that was a he looked absolutely perfect in that fight, and he didn't look so great in the fight before that. It's the consistency, you know. If he can if he can be consistent and carry in and do whatever he did and who knows right now because of the whole training of this COVID environment oh. how can anybody have any bit of consistency in what has been happening well, it's so true like, you know you know obviously we talk about fights but we're not professional handicappers I mean I don't I don't play any money on the fights at all just because I feel like it changes the way I look at fights you know we've talked about it time and time you know occasionally before like that's why you can play DraftKings though that you can play DraftKings <laughs> hashtag frosty <laughs> use that code frosty <laughs> you know it's there's nothing I mean there's nothing that says journalists can't bet on fights um but but I don't because I feel like it makes me look at them 
differently, and so therefore I'm, or I'm just because you that's suck it. and you lose that all too. Time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, but no, that's why I don't. So anyway, uh, but the reason I say that is that. I don't feel uh, good for handicappers right now. I feel bad for them that are trying to like, you know, I mean, super th- super tough. They want to, mi- you know, they want to minimize the variables as much as they can. And man, the variables of how training is in a COVID nineteen environment, yeah. like, has to be hard to, to handicap. Those people are so, they're so. Ma- I I don't know how they do what they do. Handicappers are so good, and especially the ones that work with the major casinos. They might as well be fortune tellers. They do. They are so good. I'm so amazed at how close the lines are on most of the major sporting events when it comes to like points and the spread and stuff. Uh, they don't miss that often, you know. But I'm, it's just the freaking nature. These those people. So in this type of environment, you gotta imagine. I mean. I'd be like sneaking in by fighters' houses or something, peeking in the windows or something. If you're like mm-hmm. the top guys or something, because how do you do what you do, especially in something like this? Because you can't call up a gym, you can't ask people that go to the gym and say, "Hey, how so and so look?" Because it's all behind closed doors. It's all done in people's houses. It's like four or five people max. I give know? a shout out to my boy uh, on Twitter. He's at Gamblue. It's Gamblue.com. Okay. He's based in Phoenix, Arizona. He's a he's a uh, a sports handicapper. Yeah. And he's always reaching out to me for like a little bit of information here. So you got to do. He does, he's he's always mining. It. And I love this too. I just I wanted to pull up his Twitter account to make sure I had the right uh, Twitter account. It's G A M B L O U Gamblue. Uh, but he, he uh, his latest tweet says, "My job is not to critique fight cards; it's to bet into them." Hashtag profitable sports game. <laughs> I love it. I love That's it. That's it. I, I mean, they're on, they're on a different. They're they're looking at a lot of things that we don't think about. But yeah, handicappers, man, what a tough gig because one, you have people follow you, and you you pick a lot wrong. People are gonna hate you because yep. people are putting their their money. But man, what a tough gig that is. No doubt. All right, let's talk about the the uh, the fight that kicks off the main card. Sean O'Malley. The Sugar Show is back against Eddie Wineland, the former WC champ. I love this matchup for a lot of different reasons. I did have a chance to get Sean O'Malley on the phone, so let's do this. Let's uh, let's play a little audio of my conversation with Sean O'Malley, and then we'll talk about this fight. Here is the Sugar Show himself. What's up, John? What's going on, man? How you doing, brother? Doing good. How are you? I'm good, man. Let's just get into it, brother. I mean, uh, man, you fought just three months ago, but it feels like an entirely different world in, in, in the past three months. Give, give me the idea of what you've been up to, man. What's, what's life been like for you this, uh, since that last fight? As far as my daily schedule, um, nothing, nothing changed. I game, I train, and I chill. It, it, nothing, in my, nothing in my reality was different. Um, I, I'm super, I was super focused on improving after that last fight. I just got to get better. Um, I knew I was going to fight probably June because that's kind of what I told the UFC I wanted to do. And I, I knew and Dana was getting those fights going. So I plan on fighting in June. Um, so I was, I've been, I've been ready to go for a while. You talked about getting better. I mean, that last performance was phenomenal, man. I mean, did you, did you, did you take criticism of that? I mean, do you look at that and see, gosh, that, you know, I, I can do better than that. No, as far as the performance, I don't, I don't think it could have really went any better. Um, but I, I know I still need to improve. I, I want to be world champ. I don't want to just win a couple fights, lose some fights, win. I want to keep winning. Um, I believe I can keep winning and and fighting better guys. And there's never you're never not going to be able to improve. So I I would just back to the drawing board and, and getting better. You said you know like you said turn quick turnaround here. You got back quickly. Um, Why did you want to fight again so soon? I mean, is it a, you know a financial thing like making up for the time you lost, or is it is it something different? Why, why fight so frequently? <laughs> no, I definitely. I can live on the finance. I'm still waiting for my 50 grand to hit from that last fight. So I'm going to have two of them on the same, on the way. Um, no, financial, I, 
really like I was. I'm trying to think. If 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 we didn't have the opportunity to fight for as much money as we do, um, I'd still be fighting. I love fighting. Um, it, it's it's my entire it's my passion. So to be able to fight, if you look at my, I've had over thirty fights since I was sixteen years old, whether kickboxing, boxing, or MMA, amateur or pro. I've, I've had over thirty fights, um, and I and I'm used to fighting every couple months. That's just how my entire career has been. Besides those last two those two years that I didn't get to, so being able to fight every couple months is ideal for me. That's awesome. So you get Eddie Wineland, man, a crafty veteran, former WEC champ. Uh, what'd you think when they brought this name? Were, were you excited for this one, or, or what'd you think about the matchup? I, 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 I definitely knew who he was. I knew, you know, I knew the tattoos and, and getting him getting kicked in the head by Brown. I didn't know other too much about him, <laughs> um, so I went and watched a little bit of a fight. I think he had with Frankie Signs, and I just I watched about two two minutes of it. And I I just saw myself knocking him out. So it was a perfect. It was an easy guess. That's great. Sty- I mean, stylistically, it does seem like it'd be right up your alley, man. I mean, it, it, sh- it could be a fun fight. Are, are you are you thinking it's going to be a fun fight, or it sounds like you think you could just go in and, and dominate him pretty quick? I'm expecting it to be, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go to war. I'm ready to fight for 15 minutes. Um, but something, I, I have a feeling like I had when I fought David Nuzo that some, uh, a, a crazy knockout's coming. I feel like this is just a perfect opportunity to really make some noise, and um, I have a ton of finishes that I haven't I haven't got a show yet, so I'm excited. I think I'm going to get in there and get the job done. That's awesome. It's a it's a big uh, card for the man weight division, right? Man, a lot of high profile matchups on here. Um, were you hoping for some of those bigger names or some of those higher ranked names? I mean, I know it's still early in your career, but I mean, were you hoping for a part of a of a Sanhagen or a, or a Sterling or you know a, a Sunsau, a Garbrandt? I mean, were, were you hoping for to, to to be part of one of those big fights? No, I, not at all. I, this is a perfect fight for me. This is this is a perfect fight for me. I didn't think about that at all. Actually, I think I still gotta, you know, beat some beat some guys before I get those bigger names. But I think after Eddie, maybe fight fight another guy that's not super high ranked, and then I feel like I'm I'm right up there. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, obviously, you got a lot of attention around you as well. So, I mean, now that you are back, I mean, are you are you looking at those rankings? I mean, do you feel like you should be on there? I think it's kind of surprising your name's not in there, right? I mean, do you feel like uh, a push for the rankings is, is what's next for you? Yeah, I don't think the rankings really make too much sense, and I don't think they're really that big of, an, a, big of a deal, whether I'm ranked 15, 14, 8. Like, they, don't really, they don't really always matter. Um, so I think with my performances that I'm going to continue to have, and the following that I'm continuing to grow, um, you know, that, that, that says more than a ranking. Yeah, it really does. You, it's funny, man. I mean, I feel like you get called out by every, everybody in the damn division. You know, they want a piece of you. Yeah. What do you, what, what, when people, you, when you hear your name come up like that, what do you think? I mean, does it get you excited? Does it, does it piss you off that they're calling for you? Do you appreciate it because it means you got that attention? Like, what, what, what goes through your mind when you hear somebody calling you out? Yeah, I definitely don't take anything personal, you know, because I like talking shit too. But when I'm talking shit about someone, uh, it's not personal at all. It's it's part of the entertainment, it's part of the game, it's part of the fun. So when someone calls me out or says something, I don't take it personal. Um, but if, if they if if I was couldn't get my own like a following, I would definitely call someone out that that knows how to and that that's doing it right. So I don't blame them for calling me out. It's just. Uh, you know, it's, it's just part of the game. Yeah. Is it special for you to have your brother Chase Hooper on the card? Is that big for the family? <laughs> yeah, Chase, Chase uh, he's a good kid. I like Chase a lot. No doubt. He's kind of biting your style a little bit, though. Are you going to sign off on him? Is, is that okay that he bites your style a little? What do you mean? Well, he's got he's got the hair. He's you know he's got, he's got the hair game that he's uh, kind of trying to copy off you. And uh, I don't know. I feel I feel like he's trying to use some of your energy, man. 
Oh, I'm sure he is. I don't mind it. He's, <laughs> he's not. He's a good kid. I like him. I, I, I like him a lot. And uh, you know, he's what is he? Twenty years. He's young. He's a young kid, and he's doing what he needs to do in the sport. And you know, I like that kid a lot. Cool, man. So you got the quick turnaround here. It worked out for you, even with everything that's going on. Uh, give me the idea moving forward. I mean, are, are, do you think you could just keep rattling these things off like every three months? Is that is that the plan for you? Yeah, that's the idea. That's the plan. But you know, injuries happen during fights, so it's hard to hard to say too much. Um, but yeah, if, if I can keep winning and keep yeah, when I'm in this good of shape, I don't want to get out of shape. If I win this next fight, I would love to fight. You know, a couple weeks, a month after, so. Yeah, I definitely want to keep fighting back to back. And, and give me your immediate goals, man. What, I mean, what kind of is? Because I, I like the way you approach it. You know, you're not trying to rush up the rankings too quick. You're letting yourself develop, but at the same time, you got a lot of momentum. So, I mean, what is kind of the the short term immediate goals? Are you thinking about title shots and things like that? I mean, what what's what's the plan? Yeah, I feel like I'm really good about just going with the flow and and uh, not expecting anything to happen. I remember doing an interview when I was in LFA saying, I don't, I'm not really worried about getting signed to the UFC until I'm 25 years old, 26 years old. Um, you know, so I'm not, I'm not expecting anything, but I also wouldn't be surprised if that belt was wrapped around my waist way faster than, than I even expect. So, uh, I just know I need to go out there and perform and that's literally pretty much consumes all my energy of what I need to get the job done this Saturday night. I love it, man. Well, you said you got a good feeling about it. So let's, uh, let me know when you play this one out in your head, What's uh? How do you see this thing going? First round knockout for sure, absolutely, hundred percent. Love it, man. Always appreciate the time, brother. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, brother. I'll see you soon. All right, no shortage of confidence there from Sean O'Malley, as you would expect. But I, I do, I do love the way that he. You know, talks about his career. It's like, listen, I, I know I've got a few more wins to, to, to get. I know I've got, you know, he's not necessarily rushing to the top, but he does say, you know, I do see big things in my future. Um, I love this fight. I really do. Uh, I thought it was funny that Sean, Sean basically said, I kind of knew who Eddie was, but not really. Um, Ed, Eddie Wineland is, I mean, hopefully anybody listening to this show knows. I mean, Eddie Wineland is a tough, durable, fun fighter, um, and he will go out there and strike. Uh, Sean is pretty fantastic and also 10 years his junior. Um, so I think, you know, we may end up seeing that difference. Uh, Sean is a huge favorite according to the odds makers. But I, I guess just let it be said, you know, it may, it, this may be the UFC kind of teeing up uh, a veteran name uh, yeah. that has a favorable style. Like the, the gatekeeper yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, I, I, I mean. think that's kind of what this is. But let it be known that Eddie Wineland does not give two Fs about yeah. Sean O'Malley and his hype training and all that, like Eddie's going to go out to fight, and I think I think that's going to be exciting. It may prove to be to his detriment because Sean O'Malley looks to be a special talent. Um, yeah, but it's good, but it's it's going to be a fun fight. Yeah, Eddie's never been one of those guys that is going to go out there and be like, oh, let me let me think my way through this whole fight. Let me let me sit back and. I think I'm gonna just try to throw some strikes and kicks this first one, and, and kind of lay off, and I'll catch him in the third round. Like that's not Eddie Wyland. Nope. Eddie's gonna walk for it and knock your damn head off. Um, it could be exciting because both of these guys are gonna like to throw. Eddie's gonna want to come out there, and he's gonna want to throw. He just has to be careful of overextending stuff because some of the grappling we've seen, we've seen uh, Sean in these uh, the quintet. We've seen mm -hmm. him do all this grappling. He's just. A fantastic grappler. He's a fantastic guy that he's able to work himself. If he can get the fight to the ground, it, he's a whole other level on the ground right now. Will be interesting in this kind of fight is this could be the kind of fight where Sean wants to 
show that he's also one heck of a striker. That could work in Eddie's favor if it, if if Sean decides to take his time and sit back and let Eddie find his striking and and work it in there. Um, it's going to be interesting because Eddie, I I feel is going to want to try to come forward, want to try to dominate, but if you get into the clinch and give that point where Sean can sort of work it to the ground, you know, work some sort of a judo toss or some sort of a throw in there, it's going to be bad. But also. We've seen Sean. Sean has some pretty darn good striking as of lately as well. I mean, he's a he's a he's exciting. Um, he's he's the he's one of these cats that we always say of this new breed of of kids that have been 100%. coming up in the whole MMA thing. Watching these cats, I mean, just throwing on you know kudos tapology going back and like. You know, Eddie's been fighting since the early two thousand. Like two thousand three was like. This dude's having pro fights. That was 17 years ago. That's that's like two O'Malley. years older than Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Sean's um, like 15 coming in here. O'Malley was eight when Eddie Wineland made his pro debut. That's nuts. So he literally <laughs> could have been watching Eddie fight. I mean, Sean is a testament to this new breed of what these fantastic uh, fighters that grew up doing MMA yep. is. And... Uh, Kudos to Eddie because he, the fact that he's still doing this and doing it at such a high level is a testament to his his physical state, his mental state, and his ability to keep doing this. Uh, but it, it it works in his favor if he can do some damage early on because as the fight goes on, regardless of all of that experience, you know you're going against youth and you're going against a guy that's on a. Sean is just fighting on a whole nother level right now. That last fight. Ridiculous. Was easily. I mean, people always say, "Oh, it's the best he ever looked." But holy crap! And on a t- off it of a two-year <laughs> layoff, off yes. of a two-year layoff, it was easily the best he has ever looked, and he looked scary. He looked, uh, he looked like he was fighting in a different weight class than what he was. Uh, he was so dominating in that performance. Um, what are the odds on this? Is he a, is he a heavy favorite? Oh, it's huge. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's uh, O'Malley's minus five hundred. Yeah, yeah, it's that's that's pretty that's pretty big. But with it with reason. I mean, there's always that play. I mean, and if, by the if way, you're the kind of person that bet looked, down to minus five hundred, it opened at minus four. Wow! If people were willing to lay the minus four hundred on him. I mean, I mean that's the thing. I mean, there's always going to be a couple people. You know, you want to be the, this is if there was a fight on the card where there is the possibility of getting that underdog that takes the fight, this is probably the one on this card. This has the possibility because if Eddie goes out there and lays those hands early on and catches that chin, Sean's going to go down. But we've seen Sean can take a punch. He can. He's able to. Nobody seems to la- land pretty clean on him lately. Um, he's got great head movement, and just the fact that he's coming in there uh, on a whole nother level. I'm not sure about his hair choices, but <laughs> I'm, I'm an old dude, you know. So uh, do your thing, young man, and uh, you know, be be strong. And uh, it should be this should be a fantastic fight. I, I would I would just like to see Eddie go out there and get some good licks in because he's done give a it lot the real of test. Oh, I agree. Give him a real test. Eddie's you know? been around the game for a long time, so yeah. I listen. I think this main card's great. I, you know. It's funny because if you can't afford the sixty dollars, I'd say. I mean, I guess you know things are opening back up again, so you might be able to go to like your lo- local Buffalo Wild Wings, or whatever. But I'm telling you right now, <laughs> I when I go to Buffalo Wild Wings, that. like I, sp- I spend way more than sixty bucks. So, but you're uh, not the normal BW. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they, they don't. I probably 
drink a few more frosty beverages than but most people do. But that's a good tip. That's 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 a that's it a is pro tip. Right but there. if you if you go, remember social distancing. We're still, yes, like, yes. Hey, we're partially opening again, but this thing is not gone. It's so not you have gone. To sit, so if it, if it's like other places, you can't belly up then at the bar. You there are to, you so have to sit at so bar top I will say in Vegas, I have been to B Dub since it opened. Uh, probably no shock there, but uh, yes, shocker. I know the bar is st- the bar area is open, but they only sit at the tables. You can't you can't go to the bar top anymore. And then the tables so they have to come to you. You can't right. even go up to the bar. That's right. That's right. You have to let them come serve you at the tables. And then uh, the tables in the dining room are all like six feet apart, so yeah. there's space everywhere. So uh, you know, and then of course all the staff is wearing masks. You know, what they need to do is like one of the things we've seen in other countries, especially like Japan, is just the table ordering, mm-hmm. where they have the electronic menus. Yeah, where you just order this right there. This is the perfect time for that stuff. If it's at your table, you would be running those motherfuckers uh, nuts. Though you'd be like, all my special orders. They'd be like, we we just brought you a beer, sir. And you're like, yes, and bring me two more. This one's gonna be done here. <laughs> Shortly, I am the worst about sitting with an empty drink. Dude. You hate this this guy. Let me let me take it behind the curtain. <laughs> we're trying to we're trying to cash out. You typically try to cash out of a of a bar night with John Morgan, and uh, he'll order one or two just for the bill coming out because he doesn't like to be without that frosty beverage. That's it. And I'll order two for myself. I'll order. Yeah. I'll order no, it's one not like you're asking, he's ordering for anybody else when he's leaving. I don't. I do, yeah, it, it is. It's pretty sad. But I don't like <laughs> to sit there with an empty glass like while I'm waiting for the check. You like to finish your glass and then the, walk that's the it. out. I want, to, I want to finish my drink and Peace. walk out. Yeah, just like that. So yeah. I'll, I'll pay while I have a drink on the table. Yeah. Take a drink and walk outside. You're right. That's that's riding the momentum. Because, yeah, if you finish it and you're like, ah, oh, things are good, and then you're like, ah, oh, we're waiting 20 minutes. You're like, I could have had another one. See? This is this is that's that's a pro level. Give me give me two more and a check. <laughs> give me two more and a check. It's not just the one more and the check. Give me two more two. and a check. That's the if that's if you want that's the Morgan move right there. If you want the veteran move, I'll take two more and a check. That's right, because you could always just leave something. That way if you t- <laughs> okay, sure, sure you can. You can always just be done. I'm like, oh, there's half a beer there. Oh, that's I'm just gonna leave it. Yeah, t- totally. That happens all the time, <laughs> all the time. Uh, all right, let's talk about the prelims real quick. Uh, won't break down every fight, but uh, listen, again, I think this card is entertaining. I, I, I totally get it. Again, if money's tight, but I think the card's entertaining. Uh, Bruce Leroy, Alex Caceres versus Chase Hooper. You talk yeah, about this kids. Is on ESPN, ESPN Plus. That's right. You talk about kids uh, coming up in the game. Chase Hooper, 20 years old, the teenage dream. Uh, just his second UFC fight, uh, big moment for him. It, it was funny. I was asking him. I was like, "Hey, man, when when Caceres made his UFC debut, you were 11, so you had to have watched him come up fighting." And Chase was like, "Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really watch that many fights growing up." He's like, "I didn't like." He's like, "I, I know who he is." But he I, looks I like he watched like shine, yeah. science. He's shows like, or I something. Did, I didn't really watch many fights, so I don't. He's like, I kind of know who he is, but whatever. It's exciting. So uh, he, he's a next level talent. Uh, Gerald Mearshart is on there again against Ian Heinish. Uh, it does seem like Anthony Ivy uh, is going to stay on the UFC roster. We'll get another opportunity, uh, but it does look like Ian Heinish is going to be able, as far as right now, as we're sitting here, going to be able to fight. Brian Kelleher is back. He was just fighting a couple weeks ago. He's back. Cody Stamen. Uh, man, brutal story. His, his uh, teenage brother passed away recently. Uh, family doesn't even really know what happened to him yet. As, as best I could tell, they don't have an official cause of death. Um, amazing, man. I mean, two two great guys right there. Cody Stamen fighting with a heavy heart. Brian Kelleher, all class, actually reached out on social media once the story started circling a little bit and um, you know, gave gave respect to to him and said, Listen, man, I will I'll be fighting with you with a heavy heart, you know, but obviously we're gonna go in and do it. So 
uh, two class acts right yeah, there. Uh, Charles Bird versus Mackie Patolo. That could be, that be absolutely fun. bonkers. Those two dudes are going to go throw down. Uh, and then you go down to the early prelims. Juicy Formiga against Alex Perez. Looks like it could be solid. Devin Clark, Alonzo Minifield could be fun. And a late addition, Herbert Burns jumping in there against Evan Dunham. Uh, the Burns family doing big things, and obviously we always we always like Evan Dunham here in yeah. Vegas. So I'm telling you, up well, that's and down. when he breaks your uh, nine, eight or nine team parlay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what. That, that's actually. the only time I don't like you, Evan. Outside of that, <laughs> you're awesome. <laughs> oh man, but I, I think this card's gonna be good. Again, like I said, I, I don't think it's gonna be a big seller, but I think it's gonna be fun. A lot of a lot of interesting matches tonight. Any of those any of those prelim matchups that stand out to you most, or that you're most looking forward to? I like the bird and Patola for sure. Yeah, that they're going to bang. That is an awesome fight. Uh, the Menfield-Clark fight, I think, could be an absolute really good fight. You you, you hit the head on uh, Dunham and Burns. Uh, Dunham is a, a, is a Vegas favorite. I mean, we love that dude. Um, Stamen and Kelleher, that's an awesome you, man, fight. This card is good. It really, really is. I mean, if you need a nice distraction from this week, from the from the world, this is a good fight, but a uh, good card. Um, and I know we say it a lot of times, but man, this is a good card. I think it's gonna be entertaining. Um, but yeah, if I had to pick one oh, off the top, uh, when it goes down below, uh, I would say Bird Patolo is the one that I'm like. That should be bonkers. Super stoked, but man, for Megan Perez is good too. This is a good card. I'm telling you, man, it doesn't have that star power at the top, which sucks. I don't think it's going to do great, but I, I think we're going to have a good night of fights. Uh, all right, big story that continues to be a big story I, I want to talk about. Obviously, we wanted to preview UFC 250 and talk about our experience this week, but John Jones, I want to get your thoughts on that because the thing keeps going back and forth. Hopefully, we get a chance to talk to Dana White uh, after the weigh-ins. He's been scrumming uh, for the media after the weigh-ins uh, on Friday morning, so hopefully we get him. Uh, there's no promise that we will. But I'm interested to see where this thing is at. You know, John Jones is trying to come out and say he's done. He's walking away. He'll give up his belt. Um, you know, I think – to me personally, I think cooler heads are going to prevail. I, I do. I think they're going to yeah. find a way to come together here. Um, you know, obviously, man, you were here. You got to hear the – John. we talked about it a lot last week. I mean, you heard the conversation. You're one of the only people that actually heard the words – and, and, and got to hear the audio and know kind of how his voice sounded and, and where his, his, his emotion was. And he's obviously gotten more emotional since then. Yeah. Um, and he made it clear from the beginning, like, I'm not mad. He's like, I'm just – I don't understand why they won't pay me this money. I think the biggest thing to be clear about in this, and I'm not trying to defend the UFC because I understand both people's position. I think a lot of people have made the mistake in that – They've said that you know that Dana or the UFC has said you can't make Deontay Wilder money. That's not true. Um, what they're saying is we can't pay it to you on the front end. You have to share in the back end the way the deal is set up. If you believe it's a home run, and we think it's probably a home run, you'll make really good money, and we'll try to figure something out. But John was saying, and, and I understood his point. I thought it was a great point. And, and honestly, man, you know, we're talking about – uh, standing up for change and, and yeah. the world and all that, man. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. You know, maybe maybe it is. I, I never really feel good about the prospects of a fighter union because I've just I've seen too many starts and stops, and I've never seen everybody be able to get on the same page, and I've never seen everybody be able to get together. But I liked what John Jones was saying. Was it's like, look, I, I'm the one taking the physical risk. You take some financial risk, and yeah. let's be partners in this thing. Uh, but I guess I, I want to say the UFC is not saying they're not putting a cap on what he can make. They're just saying. We're not going to pay it to you on the front end. You got to make it on the back end. So 
I understand both people's perspective. Yeah. I, it's, it, I mean, I get it. They, they have their own interests at heart. Um, so I don't, I'm not trying to make either one the villain. You know, the UFC is trying to protect their business. John Jones is trying to protect his business. I get it. I guess the, the, I wanted to get your take on how you feel about the situation, but also to offer my feeling that I do believe that right now, you know, everybody's upset. And I do believe right now there is so much stuff going on with the UFC trying to get Fight Island going, trying to even get Vegas going. I mean, technically, the next two events aren't approved yet. They get approved yeah. on Monday. So the UFC is trying to get all their ducks in a row. And I think it's just easier for Dane to be like, bro, I ain't got time for you right now. Like, if you, you want to you wanna stand and argue, like, hey, take it take it outside. I ain't got time for that right now. So I think right now we're not going to see a lot of movement because, like, Dana is just so focused on getting the UFC back on track. But I believe once we get a little bit more routine going, John Jones is clearly in a spot where he doesn't financially need to fight. I think yeah. he wants to. Um, and, and right now I think Dana and the UFC are in a place where they're like, Dude, we're, we're, we're talking about replacing people on Thursday night due to positive COVID-19 yeah. tests. We're not in a yeah. place where we can deal with this. Yeah. So I, I think it's the wrong time to get into these situations, to get into these kind of discussions. But I think once once the, the schedule gets a little bit back to normal, I, I think they'll come together. Yeah, I think and I think, I think when you put it that way, it makes a lot of sense because that's true. Uh, this is the kind of discussion that you shouldn't – that. It makes sense that it doesn't need to happen right at this moment. You know, these fights that John wants to happen, and it's one thing if uh, he, for some reason, says, this needs to happen right now, I need to have a contract in hand. I can see what the UFC is like, well, I just can't possibly do this right, right. now. We are dealing with a lot of stuff. That being said, uh, the UFC should still be able to treat every fighter and in every instance differently and separately outside of their other expansion plans and everything else. The fact that you're trying to buy an island to keep moving forward doesn't mean that me and you that have business relations and we do something should be affected and should be put on hold because you can't do two things at one time. Um, that, That's fair. You know, I mean. That's fair. Because, I mean, I'm an independent contractor, bro. I'm not your employee. What your business practices doesn't affect me. You know, like if you're trying to expand and one thing doesn't, you know, affect me, we do business and we should be able to come to an agreement with how me and you are going to deal with each other. Right. So, and the thing with asking, like where he's saying like, oh, we, well, he can get Deontay Wilder money, money, but we just can't give it up front. Well, you made Dane a country all of a sudden. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the PPR. I didn't mean to go like that. But... <laughs> Right now, where's my hat? Where's my where's my and my corn cob pipe? Uh, but also uh, for Wilder, Wilder's not like I'm, I, I mean I don't know how the boxing finances uh, actually work out, but boxing is able to get a lot of that stuff laid out beforehand. They're right. not saying like, hey Canelo, you're gonna make X amount of dollars if you get a lot of pay per views. That doesn't happen. So the fact that you say I want to. We're we, we're not saying you can't make wilder money. We just you know we got to work together and we'll get it on the back end. That's the exact thing of saying I'm not going to give you your guaranteed money. Right. And what Jones is saying is I want my guaranteed money. If I'm going to take an excess exponential risk, bigger in a different direction, even if it's for one time, we should be able to agree that it is worth more value than what we are getting. And that all I'm asking you is to say, yes, I agree with you. I am taking the risk. And and then if you want to be a true partner in business, say, okay, we're both realize that there's value in this thing. Let me up my end a little bit 
one time for this deal. Will it be the Wilder money? No, but can it be a little bit closer? Probably, and that probably wouldn't affect you buying your darn fight island because one it <laughs> well, should be two different it's things just a lease it's yeah just it's a just lease. a lease but even that it's like do you only have one small little bit of money and it's either fight island or john jones gets his money probably not right you probably have enough money Those where you could give john jones his money and still get your island and still pay your employees that haven't done work for months <laughs> I love those just employees, by the, the way. Bus. I love those employees, it by is, the way. It, yeah. I'm just saying. We uh, have a lot of good friends there, but it's funny. We do have some friends that quite openly admitted, like, I haven't done anything. I haven't anything. done anything for months. I haven't done anything for two months. We had no fights. What we was had I no to do? fights. <laughs> you know, but so I, I get Jones's, uh, you know, not that I'm completely Team Jones, and I'm not that I'm not anti-UFC uh, because I get both sides, but when I look at what Jones is saying, it all makes sense to me. Uh, and he, and, the, and then the hard line that he's putting, he's drawn his line in the sand. Mm-hmm. And I respect him for it. And I agree that something should happen. Does it need to be the huge dollar amount uh, that maybe people are starting to throw out when they're saying, you know, Wilder money and whoever uh, 25 money. $25 million, $30 million guaranteed. Anything more. Give the man the possibility to get something more up front for this one-time uh, extra fight that's not even in the, the the division that he normally lives in. It makes sense to me that you would be willing to move something. And if Jones is saying, I'm not asking for something crazy, I just want the ability. I want the... I want the the token, the effort that you are in this with me, and that you're you're giving me the freedom to do something, and I guarantee Jones would be like, okay, cool. Even if it's something more, if he's well, saying f- I'm getting five now, not that it even needs to be fifteen, that it needs to be twenty. I mean, even if you double it, which I can see where somebody's like, whoa, that's an absolute crazy amount. You're doubling, even if you jumped up to ten, knowing that you know maybe you work something out where it's like, okay. I'm going to give you 10. I'm giving twice what it is, but maybe that means so we, cut a little bit on the, we cut a little bit on the back end. I completely end. agree with that. He says he's the UFC should be big enough to l- switch it. Why put it all on the fighter to be the back end? I agree with that. He says he's making around five a fight. You know, He put that on Twitter. He's making yeah. around $5 million a fight. I would say if you're the UFC, look, we'll pay you $10 million up front. But now that sliding scale that you have, it, it's, yep. it lowers. Now, yep. you're, you're taking more up front. You get less on the back end or whatever. And how – I don't see Jones arguing with that. Right. I mean, I think then you get to a, a healthy point of debate as for what the percentage reduction would be. I just be. think the UFC is in a position where they're like, I don't want to deal with this right now. Or at least Dana very much. That like, I, I don't want to deal that with it. I got get. too much going that on. That I get. Like, right now, the, the, the point in the world and where we're at right now, it, it – it doesn't make sense to have to deal with it, but also that by not dealing with what makes sense, you have a fighter that has no interest to cover to fight in his division right now because he wants to have this fight that you've allowed every other fighter that's held a belt to do these fantastic fights elsewhere. I mean, it'd be one thing if there had never been a Connor fight outside of his division. You've already set the precedent that you allow fighters to go do this crazy shit outside of their division. So how dare you stop doing it now because it doesn't make sense because you have a bunch of other shit you're dealing with. You started this. <laughs> that's you know? so true. I mean, it is true. It, I mean, they set I mean, that's the precedent. Why they were adamantly Look opposed at Henry to it. Cejudo. Even Henry Cejudo did it. Like, everybody's doing it. So now all of a sudden, I mean, you're going to stop. is fighting this weekend. Exactly. I mean, like, and now you're going to just stop because, oh, because... 
well, it doesn't make sense and, and conveniently I think too, I think for you. Too, I think the other thing too is it's easy for John to do this, like to say like I'll just give up the belt because he's had the belt. Thank you, Agent H. <laughs> By the way, Agent H came. I she sent came her a text message. Up the ice I a came. Bit. I sent her a text. I was like, "Sick, can you come? Oh, can you come I th- add I th- some ice?" Dude, I thought I was just gonna give her credit. I thought she just came to freshen up okay, the ice. Okay, never mind. I was, never like, mind. I was like, the service is on point around here, right? I'm telling you, the staff I keep on hand. <laughs> Is well well oiled machine. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say about Jones though, like I I uh I think it's easier for him too because he's been like had he never been stripped of the title, like had yeah. he had like you know had he never you know felt what it's like to not actually have the belt, had he if maybe he had some ridiculous streak of eighteen straight title defenses that you know he had this UFC record that he didn't want to give away, you know what I mean? Like I do think it's really easy for John to just be like this belt. I can come win this back like anytime I want, dude. That's like it. I don't, I do not care about this. That's Take it. this, hey, Jan, you know, Dom, go do your thing, because yep. I'll come back and win this whenever the hell I feel like it. That's it, and it's hard to argue with that. And I mean, and at that point, I mean, you hate to see it because one, then you get to the nasty side of things where if they don't want to meet, or sort of even just work a middle section where he's like, well, then just release me. Then you get to the dirty, nasty side where, where if the promotion is like, no, yeah, we're not going to. And then at that point, you are affecting this man's ability to earn. Because they will not release him. They will not release Absolutely him. Absolutely not. And they'll they'll continue to offer him fights, yeah. and he'll continue to turn them down. And every time he does, he'll get his contract extended because yeah. that's what happens. If you turn down a fight, yeah. they're no longer in default. They offered you a fight, and you didn't take it. Yeah. It's oh, it's just you hate to do that because you would like to, you would like to think that uh, by doing those sort of practices, eventually, it will put such a black eye on your organization that you would stop doing it. But that has not happened well, yet. But it is weird. I mean, like, it, I mean, would John Jones really be worth? All right, let's say the, let's say the figure like. I think uh, when we had that thing, Deontay Wilder, somebody said twenty million. I think it was Oscar Willis who said, yeah. "I heard twenty million, and I think Dana said, "I heard thirty million. Let's go twenty million. Let's go yeah. conservative. Could John Jones really make twenty million fighting for Bellator? And I don't, I'm not trying to disrespect right. Bellator, but like, is there a fight? I mean, you got Ryan Bader there. I mean, obviously they have history, and Ryan yeah. Bader is a pound for pound fighter right now. But like, is that fight worth twenty million dollars to Bellator? I don't know, man. That's that's a lot of damn money, dude. I mean, obviously, you you you'd immediately have to go back to pay per view. You can't put a fight on, uh, even if they're on CBS. Yeah. You know, they're talking about CBS, Showtime. They're talking about whatever. I mean, you got to immediately go back to to uh, to pay per view with that. Yeah, yeah 20 you'd have to. Million. When you think about it, though, just using the twenty million dollar. So, say Francis and John were able to take the fight elsewhere. To get at $60 a pay-per-view, you need to sell 333,333 pay-per-views to get $20 million. So that's only one side of the equation. That's just saying, if you want to give 10... No, no, I'm just saying, if you give 10 to John... Okay. Even being fair, just say okay. if you split okay. it. But you probably could give 15 and 5. I'm just saying you could work out whatever. Sure but say, but say if $20 million was the pool of money that you're trying to pull together to pay your fighters... 333,000 pay-per-views is all it takes to get John Jones. No, 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 no. That's gross revenue. That's not a net split with your provider. That's not well, operational yeah, but I'm just cost. Saying, like, That's not under – The last the last pay-per-view was 650, 700-something thousand. Right. It was even better than that. This is just going half, 
half of what probably is going to buy this pay-per-view. This pay-per-view that's no, easily That's no marketing budget. That's no This pay-per-view easily can make 50, 60, 70 million dollars and for you to give up 33% of that and still pay your advertising, still have 66% of that money yeah. to get a bit of profit on top of that it seems to me like it would work. I think it could be done. I think it would work. I think it would be done. I, look I look I think they're going to come together. What are we it talking will, about? We're talking about John Jones fighting the Bellator. That's not going to happen. I don't well, even know no, what we're talking it, about. It, it ain't going to happen. I'm but, just saying they could go to another promoter and be like Eddie Hearns or somebody like, hey, make it happen. Me and this guy want to fight. We want $20 million guaranteed between between us two fighters with whatever split. Can you make it happen to where we can get that? And I think it could happen because that's the type of fight that I think it could. I think it just, like you said, it's just bad timing. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, with the way the UFC has sort of structured itself, if a fighter's not fighting within that year, if it's not an injury, if it's not for some particular reason, they vacate it or they strip it yeah. or they do some interim. Jones is just sort of saying, like, I'm willing to sit out for a year. I mean, so just that means I need to walk it away. He just fought in February. I think, I think what happens is we get, we get Fight Island done. We get through July, we get to August. By then, I think the world's going to be going back to normal a little bit. Now, let's not forget, COVID-19 is still out there. Yeah. Wear your damn mask in August. Uh, yeah. But I think we're, especially with the NFL pushing, man. It's not, I heard Texas today is already saying uh, sporting events can have 50%. Yeah, but Texas That's is fucking easy. nuts. We, we, we crazy. Texas is nuts. Like, we crazy Texas. Texas and Florida, if there are two states <laughs> in, in, the, in the union that are just balls out crazy, it's Texas I'm, and I'm Florida. I'm telling you right now, I don't think I would go to uh, Raider Stadium with 50% capacity. I don't think I'd do it. No, probably not. I mean, how do you get in? Nah, let's, another story for another day. But yeah. I, think, I think around August, September, they start talking again. These things get reopened. And I think I think we see John fight before the end of the year. I just hope the UFC doesn't try to rush to say that that there needs to be because we see them time and time again. A pay per view comes up and it has to be a darn belt. Right, has to be something. Like and at some point, it's like just going to be the around. heavyweight turn. They didn't mess around calling Cejudo's bluff, right? They're yeah. like, oh, you're out. Oh, here we go. That's it. All I of mean, It's just it's just a matter of time before it's heavyweight divisions turn to headline a card. I mean, it just it just comes. At some point, it's going to be that turn. I mean, they can't they they can't keep doing bantamweight, you know, women's nah. featherweight titles. That's not what gets the big. Over that's over not what gets over. the big headlines. It's 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 these big ones, the light heavyweight, the heavyweight. I yep. mean, like that's what it is. Middleweight Adesanya, but obviously he can't fight stateside right now. Yeah, I mean he's a big star. They need they need the upper division. I mean, not that they need it. Just people love the bit. The, they love seeing the big fighters go in there because they they just expect these knockouts. That's why Jones Nunes is like a freaking nature, nature because she's still bringing the knockout. That's why Jones and Ganu just sells itself, dude. The it greatest does. of all time against just the scariest dude of all time. Like, yeah, that doesn't even have to hit you clean. He have you seen? I you. meant to ask. Have you seen the Ngannou, uh like commercials here in Vegas lately? He's like in car commercials what? and other stuff. Dude, no. he does a really good job. Yeah. I meant to say next time I see him, there's one. I, I forget what the promotion is. I've seen him in a couple. Uh, there's a, a car dealership here in town that's been used him. Really? There's something. Yeah. There's like this little girl. She's like going in and she's like, I want this for my mama. And they're like, Well, you need to go talk to our customer complaint 
uh, or a customer relation person, and it's Francis, and <laughs> and he's so good. And the kid's like, I want this, and he's like, of course. And blah blah. And she's like, I want this, and he's like, of course. And she's like, and you need to be nice. And he's like, oh, of course, or whatever. And it's so it's very cute. It's That's cool. That's funny. Because there's another one where there's like somebody buys a car and they open up the car and Francis is in the the passenger side and he's got his gloves on and he's just wringing his hands and the guy's like, uh. There's a, f- a fighter. There's somebody in the car. And they're like, yeah, they're like every car comes with a whatever. I don't know what they how they tried to word it, but I was like, dude, look at Francis now. Like, That's awesome. this is the guy that just a couple years back could barely speak English. It wasn't even really speaking English. Yeah. I remember we were struggling. Here he is now. Every day when I turn on the local news or something, I see a commercial spot with Francis. That's awesome. It. It's so awesome, dude. He's 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 living it up, man. I'm loving. It. I'm so happy for the dude right now. He's so I would dude. love to see. This fight work out because one, it'd be good for him and it'd be good for Jones. I mean, hey, uh, I, I love hey, Jones' stand. That's a tough assignment for John Jones, dude. I might pick Nganu in that fight. I mean, the way that Joe, uh, the way that Nganu's fighting right now, just that power. It's just the fact of that's you it. have to, you have to, you have to. Can you guarantee that you will not get touched by the power? I think he kicked the legs too, man. I think he'd go after them, them little chicken legs. Well, I think Jones would be kicking. Nganu. I mean, yeah. like, I think he would keep the distance and work the legs on. I mean, because he Francis be, he needs, definitely throwing out the front kicks to the knees. It, yeah. He's definitely and doing that. And he would that. be working, the, doing the teep kicks, the doing all kicks, that stuff all and that. trying to keep that stuff and keep the distance. And if he can keep the distance and just miss those big, huge swings. So it's it's not like Francis is going out there like, oh, let me pep you with some one, two, one, two. You know, he's I feel like literally he'd, just throwing. I feel like he'd try to throw a leg kick to just kind of, not necessarily to hurt the leg, yeah. but to kind of sweep him off balance so that his defenses, you know what I mean? Because he's yeah. got good defensive movement and head movement, but if he's off balance, then you can throw those haymakers and yeah. maybe land. I don't I, know. That's I, what I, I think. still think John, he's so good, I think, when it comes to that he could get Francis down, and that's the part. If John can get Francis down, he'd be in trouble. He's going to be in trouble. Yeah. And I just – it's still hard for me. I mean – I don't know. Could he keep him there, though? Could could Francis just, just stand? Could he do the Derek Lewis and I just mean, be like – Who does that stand? to Jones? Who just stands up on Jones? Yeah, but they're not as big as as Francis. Yeah, but Francis, I mean, he's, I mean, he's got a he carries as much as as he's got pure power. He's carrying a lot of weight on his body as well. So it's not like he just springs up, like a lot of these cats that are able to explode are able to just put their legs under them very, very quickly and easy. The way they're able to shift these bodies. Right. I think some of these big, super muscular heavyweights, or even just the big muscular heavyweights, they they can't. They don't move that quickly, mm-hmm. you know, whereas I think the light heavies do it a little bit better because they're a little bit quicker on their feet. Um, granted, on this point, Jones could probably go up, so maybe you wouldn't see the same sort of speed, but I don't see Jones bloating up too much for this fight. Nah, he would he be at the lower end. He said he put some weight end. on, but he, he would never be – I don't think he can get that big. He'd be, he'd be probably 230, 245. I think. I think he'd be like 240, 245, yeah. yeah. Which would be a good, powerful range. Like- I mean – Francis is cutting to 265. Yep. I mean, I mean, he came in a lot lighter on this last one. And he looked fantastic, but that's the thing about Jones. I mean, I think that's the kind of fight where one he would be excited. I think he's looking for a fight to be excited to come in and train. He just has to evade that big one punch of Francis. I mean, I'm not. I don't think Jones is worried about the leg kicks because I don't. It's not like we can go back. I mean, I can't think of a fight where I'm like, oh, man, remember this fight where Francis was just devastating? No, he, never, no, he doesn't. He boxes. You he know, boxes. It's, he wants to get his hands on it. And I think if Jones can just keep it to the point where he evades the big hit, gets in close, and is just able to 
uh, you know, get Francis to topple over and then get on top. And can he hold him down? I think he can because Jones is a big dude and he's strong. And to know that he has the he extra 20 or 40 pounds oh, yeah. to put on, that's going to be a whole nother Jones that we haven't seen. And we see the two, we see the 205 Jones come in there. Yeah, it's not like he's a striker trying to hold another striker down. He's a, he's a, he's a wrestler. That, yeah. is, that is a complete mixed martial artist, complete. but his base came from wrestling. He understands how to hold somebody down. And he's at a weight where, I mean, like, you watch that video where he, he went up to those, those poor little dudes that were That's trying hilarious. to scrape He was hulked. But we, but we weren't doing nothing. Dude, he was, <laughs> was, like, he was hulked out, and he's not he even, like, like inf- he looked, give me this break. talk about intimidating. Uh, I'd be like, sir... Where can I deposit this uh, can of spray paint? Which trash can would you that like was, me to use? That was pretty amazing, dude. Like, those dudes are walking around in masks, looking like they're all geared up and, like, yeah. trying to be badasses. He's yeah. like, give me the spray paint. They're like, oh, we weren't even doing anything. Yeah. Give me the spray paint. Here you go. I love what he's doing for his community right now, and especially I've seen more and more things where he's gone out and they've helped people board up uh, yeah. businesses that have been affected about it. So say what you want about some of the shit that he's done, and he's had his mistakes. He's done some but dumb he stuff. Has, he's made some mistakes. He has uh, he's done some really good shit lately and, yeah. and I know he doesn't get enough credit for it so uh, maybe that's why I'm like I want the dude to get his pay he's, he's done some good shit and uh, fighters need to start standing up a little bit more for themselves so. I agree I agree man crazy I just hope they can work it out I do too alright uh, quick shout out Abby Saban uh, he had a little health scare this week man obviously our, our UK based video editor over there uh, videographer part of the team for, for several years uh, he's good now. It sounds like he's on he's on the up and up. He's recovering, uh, but he had to spend a little time in the hospital. So I just wanted to give a shout out to him because uh, he's uh, he's going to be spending a few days healing up. So I want to send some good vibes to him. Yes, get well, motherfucker. That's so I can <laughs> so I can start sending you my nudies again. That's my dude. That's my dude. He is he's a, a super talented dude, and I was I was super super happy when we were able to bring him on. So you hate to see anybody go through some shit, and I just recently went through some of my own shit. Yeah. So I. I'm uh, I'm feeling for you. Never want to see a friend in in a hospital pick. So that was that was rough. But uh, he's strong. He's young. Uh, so yeah, he'll bounce back. Bounce back, fella. He'll bounce back. All right. Shout out to Abby Saban. Uh, USC 250 this weekend. Uh, like I said, if you want to jump on over to Patreon.com/slash/TheMMARoadShow, we'll do a little and a half action over there, wrapping up everything USC 250. And uh, yeah. Getting my office set up, so I think I'll be able to do a few more little little side little interviews. I'm enjoying here and there. I'm, you got you got to send those picks to I'll Patreon. Picks. Like I'll I've seen it. a couple, man. I'm happy for you because uh, yeah, it's it's working out. I've changed my little up. Oh, a little. dude, you got the you got the spot right. You got the I've, VIP. I've it out a little here. bit. Yeah, I had one little couch space in there, and I've actually uh, I have a music room where. Uh, <laughs> I've been joking about my midlife crisis. I've been buying more music equipment to because I want to learn the equipment that I've never actually took the time to learn so the music room i had the extra part of this uh what do you call the sectional couch right inside there so i actually moved it out here so yeah man i've been decking out my little studio as well so i want to sit over here and get some bottle service dude <laughs> you got the vip suite over here in the, in the we could probably find some out of work people to come do <laughs> bottle service for us <laughs> if they want the cheapest tips ever I should put. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna put that. Vegas but is we probably but it's not fully it. open yet. We got a spot <laughs> for you here. We got a spot for you. Good lord, we're ridiculous. All right, we appreciate. It. Like I said, check us out the MMA Roadshow, uh, Patreon.com. If you can head over there for the and a half. If not, just stick it here every week. We'll always have it for everybody. Thanks for listening.